1: You can also email the show. The address is sporgy at christophermedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at christophermedia.net. If you use amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at christophermedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. Thebrobasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket, or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless but still cool, bro baskets are also available. Thebrobasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media, let's make some noise.
2: Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half ass sports fans giving their half ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts.
0: Apparently, he said some things and did some things, and Madison Square Garden Security was going to escort him out of the building because he was being rude or whatever, and Charles Oakley wasn't having it, and they started to grab on him a little bit, and he smacked him and shoved him, and then uh, finally grabbed a hold of him, like six, seven guys grabbed a hold of him and escorted him to the court and out to the exit. If that wasn't bad enough, Dolan, the owner of the Knicks, gets on uh, live broadcast the next day and says, uh, you know, we all know Charles Oakley has problems with alcohol and he was being uh, belligerent and oh, that I did hear. Yeah. And physical and everything. And yeah, it just blew up after that.
1: So was the owner right and everyone was mad about it or is that what happened? Or did he speak out of school or what? Uh,
0: the owner was right to to ask him to leave for whatever reason. Charles Oakley was being a dick. I no, guess say like, if if you're being a drunk asshole, it d- doesn't matter, right? Or well, it wasn't not supposed to
2: matter. He wasn't drunk. So that's no, the but rub then. he he admitted that he had had like, he'd just come from dinner and he had like a drink or two with dinner. And he said that. And I guess that they tried to fucking say that he was visibly intoxicated. One, this, I heard this is all through uh, Michael Rappaport on, uh, I think he, uh, one of the ESPN shows. Anyways, uh, if that's yeah, if that's one of their radio shows, I, I didn't catch the name of the radio show it was. I didn't recognize who the hosts were. But anyways, um, a couple of the security guards tried to say he was visibly impaired. And then it, the rest of the security guards were like, no, we asked him if he'd been drinking. He said he'd had like two, three drinks with dinner. And he didn't appear to be drunk and out of control like sloppy drunk so Mm -hmm. they just took him at his word and then of course the 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 backlash i've seen is i've seen spike lee i've seen michael rapaport al sharpton uh i haven't i haven't seen sharpton but i've seen a couple other celebrity nick fans come out and say uh, How many years did Oakley give us, and how many you know joyous occasions did he give us as a Nick? And what has Dolan brought to the team except for misery? So fuck, fuck Dolan, basically.
1: But to their mindset, uh, so is Joe Paterno forgiven? If that's such your, if, if that's the way you think, is all forgiven with Joe Paterno?
2: Because <laughs> hey, that's that, that's going well, a lot. That's we want to start the, the rabbit down their hole. Do we want to yeah, start to sh- like- just yeah? <laughs> Uh, I
1: guess you know what, it's already started, you know we'll, oh.
2: just do I'll, it up, I'll fix it, up, it in up.
1: post <laughs> I'll, I'll, start with, uh, I'll start with me asking the question about Charles Oakley And welcome to Sport G number 36
0: I'm Chris I'm Rich I'm the Iceman Who's Number 36, 36 Matthew
2: Barnaby Who the? Damn it, that was that? the one I was going to Oh, don't do that oh, oh, don't even act like you're going to front and get that over on me, Earl Come on, man I was what so is- going to say it <laughs> like you didn't know like, like you'd have been half as big a fan of Barnaby as you were if it wasn't for me going look at this little scrappy motherfucker talking shit and trying to back it up no matter who he goes against is Even talking? He his- yeah yeah
1: okay and that's why I don't know
2: gotcha <laughs> <laughs> I mean he'd get his ass fucked up because he talked shit to like Scott Parker which is just not a good idea ever ever even probert was like i didn't like to fight parker of course you know probert was an old man and parker was shit in his prime at that point but yeah barnaby was uh the beginning of i guess what we would call the Steve Ott type of player we have nowadays the shit stirs the the uh uh oh, who's the guy that used to be on the red wings sean uh oh fuck Earth. no not sean Mer- no um sean avery uh yeah, the guy That's who yes. parked his ass in front of uh, Martin Brodeur and started waving his stick around and shit and did crazy shit on the ice—not technically against the rules, but enough against the rules, you know, enough of an annoyance to where they changed the rules. Were like, okay, you can't do shit like this no more, because they they knew that that fighting was becoming something that wasn't going to happen like it did in previous generations so guys could get away with being a little bit more mouthy being a little bit more chippy and I, barnaby is kind of the bridge between the all talk no action guys you see a lot of today and the guys who he was all talk and he would throw down and he would get his ass beat but he'd get back up and keep talking shit <laughs> so. so yeah that's barnaby though uh chris
0: you don't know a number 36 uh,
1: Jerome Bettis.
0: Yeah, the bus.
1: Uh, Brian Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook. Yep. Um the internet is telling me Sean Taylor, the inventor of the Lambo Leap. Number <laughs> thirty-six. All right. So back to me comparing Joe Paterno to Charles Oakley.
2: Right. Well hold on, hold up, hold up, hold yeah. up. Before we get into that, I just, <laughs> I just wanna I just wanna run some shit by you. Okay. Uh have you guys ever had a friendship that's ended over disagreement about sports? No. Not about Politics,
1: sports, no. Yes. Sports, no.
2: Okay, because I recently... Now, granted, sports wasn't the entire reason that I basically put the fucking stake through the heart of the friendship. But it was a recurring theme of this former friend of mine basically he liked to give you know like he liked to talk shit when his team won and especially when his team beat my team and any time i brought anything up in the reverse when my team won or his team did badly it was just scorched earth policy on his on his end and finally i just had enough of it so i was like dude you act like a you act like a miserable little bitch when fucking you know it's good natured ribbing what is your fucking problem is this is this super bowl related rich Yes, it is. And uh, it was, okay, I mean, just to, to, you know, I'm not going to name names, but it was four days after the Super Bowl. I'm I'm scrolling through uh, Facebook, and I see a picture where someone had taken from the Fresh Prince episode where he's like, why doesn't my dad want me, man? They'd taken the Fresh Prince's head and put the Super Bowl trophy in there and said, why don't the Falcons want me, man? And I literally saw it, copied it, pasted it to his wall with no comment and then moved on and dude just fucking unloaded like the guns of the navarone on me and it's not the first time and i was like are you are you serious are you right now yeah i mean and i'm like are you serious right now or are you fucking with me i don't and he's like no you don't get to come in here four days after the fact and talk shit you should have talked shit the night of or the next day. That's You get you get 24 to 48 hours. That's all you get to talk shit. And I'm like, what What well, fucking rule is the... Who made this rule? You? So you get to make the rules, and you come back with, that's right. I get to make the rules. I'm glad you understand. This
3: is, you know, this is
1: just the, this breed of butthurt sports fan that I just don't understand. I was talking to the wife the other day because she had a situation at work where boss laid into her and an excuse that he used, I am not making this up was it was the night that the lions lost in the playoffs and he was in a bad mood. And I just, and then now hearing you told this, I just scratch my head at people like this. Like, man, like I like sports and all, but for real, like I was telling her, like you see me when the lions lose, I go, that sucks. And I move on with my day. I don't hold a grudge. You know,
0: I'm the biggest homer I know about the lions. And when they lose I'm like, Oh, well there's next week. Next year, she's not whatever.
1: getting. She's not getting the back of my hand because the Lions lost. I'm not going to kick the fucking cat because the Tigers dropped three in a row. Like I, I guess I just don't get it, man.
2: And so I, well, I mean, I brought up what I thought were valid points. Okay, first of all, I've heard of this through other sports fans I met over the years. This 24 hour rule. Okay, when their team loses, they piss and moan, sulk for 24 hours, and they don't. They stay off of social media because they don't want to hear it. But I've never heard you can only talk shit for 24 to 48 hours. And after that, then, as he put it, you get the foot in your ass. And I'm like,
1: Internet tough guy.
2: And I'm like, I said, first of all, I'm sorry, my DeLorean's in the shop and Doc Brown and I couldn't hop back, hop in it, go back in time to this arbitrary period of 24 to 48 hours that somehow you'd have been cool with me talking shit because I, I just literally saw it two minutes before I posted it to your wall. Second of all, if you're this much of a miserable bastard over this four days later, d- do you expect me to believe you were going to be more, you're going to be cool and let it slide ten minutes after they fucking lost that game? Well, I Come the, on.
1: The, the bigger comment could be too, like, dude, good luck with life. If a football well, game fucks you up that much, dude, it's going to be a long life.
2: The third well, one was, like, I was like, it's fucking sports. If sports get to you this much, get a new hobby. And then the last line was, and I know how hard-headed and self-righteous you like to get when anyone dares dares stand up to you about anything, and you like to make a big show of unfriending them. Don't, don't bother. I already did you the favor. Hit post, drop down, unfriend. That's it. But, I mean, it's just, to me, it's asinine. That was said to you? No, that's what I did to him.
1: Oh. oh, I wasn't giving him a chance. You to strike?
2: Well, dude, this is a guy who, he didn't like a certain person running for president. And three months before New Year's Eve, made an announcement that he's went and he's looked on Facebook and all his friends that like this person. If they, they have till midnight 12.01 to unlike this person, or else he's going to unfriend them. And then he would every couple days give warnings like countdown this is you know this is your, this is your warning and I'm like who the fuck
1: this person grossly overestimates how much uh, how much time other people spend thinking of him or her or whoever
2: it, well it just to me I was like okay and so yeah, as you see like it was it was many things but sports has been the I mean it's more that
1: tolerance that
2: Earl and, Earl and I I've other known each other Earl and I have known each other 20 years, and at times, because his favorite player may not have been on the same team as my favorite player when the teams played, we had different rooting interests. But I mean, dude, has seriously Earl be honest with me? And because if I'm just not seeing it, let me know. I don't think I've, i I, I don't think you've ever been like I'm never going to talk to Rich again because he talks shit about fucking sports. No, I actually grew up learning how to talk shit because of you. I mean, it's just I don't. It's, it's isn't sports like that's part of the fun. Yeah.
3: Is,
0: not anymore. Not anymore. That's part of this new era that we're in. You can't talk shit to people. Hurts their feelings. They get butt hurt, and just it can't be just, like me and you were before, Rich. How we just go back and forth to say the most fucked up things about each other's teams. That per, that period's gone. This is the new era that we're in.
1: Hey man, I tried to explain to the wife talking shit comes with the penis. Like it's it's born into you. It's 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 not like we it's not like we set out to do it on purpose. I'd say if you're a male, it's kind of something that's innate in you. Like well, it's-
2: if you if you play sports, that's how you learn to lose, ideally. And if you don't play sports, shit talking and basically busting balls is how you learn to accept that things aren't going to go your way 100% of the time just because you want them to. I mean, like, as much as yeah. Earl and I will go at each other on this show, when the show ends and we continue and we talk, I'm not, I, at least I'm, I'm speaking for myself. I'm not like, now there's been times I'm like, oh my God, dude, Jesus fucking, <laughs> really, really? Like, like I, I think you take some shit too far because I think it's a bit, But you swear it's not, and I'm just like, all right, I shake my head. But, I mean, it's not like I'm telling you that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, how dare you disagree with me about the general manager for the Cucamonga killers? You know what I'm saying?
0: When Chris and I were talking about the Super Bowl, and he and I disagreed about if it's the greatest Super Bowl ever, I wasn't like, oh, well, fuck Chris. I ain't never getting on the podcast again. Man, fuck that. That's what and I'm saying, saying. Trust me, with the
1: three of us, there have been many heated discussions on this show, and at no point after the show have any of us been "fuck that guy." Like it's, I don't know. It's guys. I think we're just. We're. I think we're come to realization. We're now classify ourselves as maybe a, a newer version of an old school male because I don't know, man. Well, this like, is the participation... And you're talking to somebody. Who got picked on growing up, like all the fucking time? I should, I should, I should have the fucking snowflake mentality. I should fucking, you know, I should be a pussy, I guess you could say. But at some point, it's like I don't know. It's evolution kicks in, and you're like, all right. It's, sometimes the the tongue can be sharper, the brain can be faster, and you, I don't know, you 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 learn to cope different ways. But now apparently. Everyone's got a nice little eggshell around them.
0: Well, you were going to say something, said. Earl. What were you going to say? This is the participation trophy era. This is what happens. I mean, not only do they not know how to lose, they, they don't know how to cope with people that win. Well, too, they you also know, don't
1: know how to win. Just, just as bad as they are losers or just as bad as winners.
0: I 100% agree, but they don't know how to cope with people that other people that have won. Like when Richer, you know, posts that comment or somebody, you know, bashes their team for losing because their team won, it's like it's the end of the world. It's like you just talked about my dad, and I got to kill you now.
2: Yeah, I mean, perfect example is that our teams were playing each other, and you know, there was some shit talking back and forth before the game started, and basically, I didn't give my team a chance. I was like, look, they got they they're running Mike Glennon out there as quarterback. Motherfucker looks like a. a uh, shaggy but deeper on the fucking autism spectrum i don't i don't expect to win this fucking game and anytime i I think it, you two can attest to this anytime my team has lost michigan to ohio state you know what i'm saying i take my fucking lumps i go "Yep, they got outplayed shit happens you know they're not that good yet i don't take it personal and even as much as i hate Like the Colorado Avalanche, if a Colorado, if one of you guys were a diehard Colorado Avalanche fan and for whatever reason, they just started dominating the Red Wings all over again. Like it was the mid nineties and the shit was cool. Hey Rich. Huh? It's not, it's not even in
0: sports though. It's all, even in, in your expertise of music, when you were young and you had your guitar and shit, if you couldn't figure out something, you sat there and practiced day in and day out until you fucking had it. Nowadays, kids can play whatever the fuck they want on their instrument, and the parents are like, oh, that's beautiful, that's golden, that sounds exactly like it, you're the shit. And yeah. then they go out to these clubs, and they go out to, to play live events, and they're like playing what their mom said was great, and the people are like, are you fucking kidding me?
1: Uh, but that that Well, no, huh. we're, we're strained on regimented territory here, but that, that spilled over into music in general if you watch the Grammys on Sunday. Like, My um, point. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I feel out of touch and old. because I feel like like, it, am I insane? Is what constitutes good music anymore? What constitutes talent? I'm apparently not sure of it anymore because <laughs> the shit
2: has changed.
0: I, I I don't know because I don't know who Chance the Rapper is, I, and I don't know I, why he
2: won Grammys. No, I no idea either. I just want to wrap up what because I I kind of sprung this subject on you guys. I just want to wrap it up by saying, if you're out there. And you're listening to us and you're one of these people, male, female, doesn't matter our age, young kid, whatever, who gets that upset about losses. And you, you feel you have to just like bring up the most, like you like, you just feel like you just have to drop every bomb in your arsenal on the person because they fucking good naturedly gave you a little bit of fucking a poke in the ribs. Seriously, do yourself and everyone else a favor Turn off the TV. Go outside. Take a couple deep breaths in that fresh air and get some fucking perspective. Because no one likes people like that. No one. People like you are tolerated by people. Eventually, their patience will wear beyond thin. It'll be worn down to the nub. So that's that was the whole point of bringing that up.
1: You're evolving. When we started podcasting together almost three years ago. I was waiting for you to say, suck a tailpipe, chew some lead, do us all a favor. <laughs> so hey, well,
3: See, I it mean, works.
1: Just, <laughs> the, we talk it. The, the joking about part of me enlightens the, you.
2: The joking part of me, would, you know, still wants to say that. Like if the person was in front of me and he was like, "Yeah, you know what? I overreacted," then I would hit him with that shit. You know what I'm saying? Because that's part of the busting balls thing. Like, oh, you feel bad? Let's see if I can make you feel worse. That's just what guys do. All right? But, like, seriously, it's sports. It's entertainment. I mean, I literally asked him, did you have a lot of money on the game? Like, if he lost a lot of money on the game, I could understand being that upset. Bro,
1: i am getting evicted in 30 days, man. Like, yeah, okay. I could see that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, then, my bad, dude. I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? But just, like seriously four days after a loss you're that salty i mean dude there was you got to remember as a red wings fan there was a point where i was convinced that i was never going to see them win a cup in my lifetime i thought they were going to win it in 95 and they got swept i thought they're going to win it 96 90 96 96, and colorado just ran raw up in their ass i was like shit they're never going to fucking win it it didn't ruin my entire summer it didn't ruin four days a week after the last, the final loss. It was just sucks. And you move on. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not as dedicated of a fan as I should be. I don't know. To me, Uh, it's
0: it's, half-assed sports fans. I'm just saying it's, it's the new
1: butthurt America, man. Like that's, I think that's a symptom of it too. Like every little thing is now critiqued, made fun of, and, Microaggressions and this and that. Oh, for the love of
2: God! Like, yeah, and it it has it has bled over into sports because I forced myself a few times in the last week since we we recorded our last episode to watch uh, a few different of the highlight shows. One on the Four Letter Network, one on Fox Sports Network, and really some of these stories, I'm like, are, is there nothing else to report on? Do there really isn't.
0: I was going to tell you guys that before we got into the NBA too too much. Ever since football, in, football needs to be a year-round sport because ever since football ended, they've come up with some real humdingers for stories.
1: Hey, man, what you got? The you got the combine in what a month, month and a half. You got the you got the draft in two, and then and then, then after OTAs. that, like, what? Yeah, and then after that, it's like what two months of training camp. I
0: I do I do think it's worth mentioning, Chris, about Mike.
1: Huge loss last week, and I think it, it, I feel like it kind of got buried. Because it happened on what? Like Very, Friday much afternoon? So. Very much Very yeah, much married. Mike Illich. Passing yeah. On. I, and it's... And it,
2: oh, I don't ahead, think nas- nationally he doesn't have the... He's not Al Davis, Jerry Jones, George Steinbrenner. And he's I don't know on, why. That, well, just, I don't have that Detroit, personality. Because he, even, as, even as people who grew up in Detroit, with him owning Detroit teams, you didn't see him until it was time to see him. Until they were accepting a trophy, or until they'd won a Stanley Cup, or something like that, he wasn't. He he never tried to make himself as big of a part of the team as the other owners I mentioned. You know Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. People more people want an interview with Jerry Jones than they want with any quarterback he's ever had, and that includes Aikman. More people wanted interviews with Al Davis than most of the Raiders. Since 2003, you know, and Steinbrenner, I mean, Steinbrenner was Steinbrenner was just the shadow that was completely over, you know, that overcast the entire Yankees organization. I mean, you can make an argument that once he bought that team, it was George Steinbrenner's New York Yankees. And that's how it was presented in the press nationally. Mike Illich bought the Red Wings, hired people, gave them the, the, the tools to turn the the team around and they did it. They did it the hard way. I mean, he bought the team in 83 first draft. pick was Steve dead things.
1: Yeah. They had the dead things. They were giving away cars and shit to get people to come to to see games.
2: And you got to remember the Joe wasn't that old at that point. It was only three or four years old. So they had a new stadium, you know, and, and I mean, they had everything, you know, they, they got Steve Eisman with the first draft pick under Mike Illich. And, I mean, it still took, what, 13 years for them to win a cup? I mean, they built that team in a way that wasn't flashy. You know, they did it by, you know, yeah, they got Sergei Fedorov. And, you know, the story of how he defected and ended up on a team, you know, they could turn that into a movie in and of itself. But a lot of the players who ended up being career Red Wings, were low draft picks that no one else wanted. They went to Europe and started scouting players that people were overlooking because no one wanted the European style of play ain't going to work in the NHL. Fast forward 10 years and you have the Russian five. You know, you know, I think
1: one thing that gets downplayed about Mr. Illich is his eye for talent. Not only the, the athletic talent on the field or the ice, but the, the eye for talent that he put in the front office. I mean, I, Ken Holland. That's all. That's all I gotta say.
2: Ken Holland Dave, and you can Dave Dubrowski. Yes. I mean
1: he he knew. I mean it's you know it's kind of like the George W. Bush philosophy. Put smart. Put people smarter than you around you. I mean, and I tell you, man, I it's, you know it's funny though as you talk about how he built those 97, that ninety seven ninety eight team block by block, piece by piece. My favorite team though was two thousand two when he when when he went out when, when Mike Illich went all Steinbrenner, pretty much. You know the, the team that pretty much forced the salary cap now in the NHL—the 2002 team. I mean, that team was just fun to watch. I mean, but it was—it it was. Look, did it, look, were the first two lines? Are they aren't they all Hall of Famers?
2: There was a total of ten Hall of Famers on that team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. out of out of twenty people that 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 laced up to skate. And by the way, people that aren't in the Hall of Fame are people like Darren McCarty, who has four cups to his name when he retired. Yeah, which they, is nothing give, to sneeze at.
1: Yeah, he won't give a shit that he's not in the Hall of Fame. You know, he'll pull out his Patrick Waugh line. What? I got these Stanley Cup rings in my ears.
2: Yeah, because just so you know, Patrick Waugh and Darren McCarty have the same amount of Stanley Cup wins. Yeah. So, I mean, granted, Patrick Waugh, as much as I hated the man, and I still think he's a piece of shit and a scumbag as a coach, the way he left Colorado hanging because he wasn't getting his way, which is what... Patty does. He's always been that way. You can't take away his ability, and you can't take away his talent. You know. And if I was building a team from scratch, and I could get him as a rookie over almost any other goalie from the, the lifetime I've had, I'd take Patrick Waugh. But still, for all that, he has the same amount of cup wins as Darren McCarty, <laughs> which has got to burn his ass. <laughs> You don't think
1: DMAC will ever get in, like you know, maybe down the no, road.
2: No, no. Mm-mm. I don't even know if Osgood will ever get in. Yeah, remember Osgood this is, is like... Osgood isn't considered a Hall of Famer. You know, I mean, Osgood, even though his stats dictate that he should have been,
1: didn't he win the... two of those
2: cups? Oh yeah, he won the cup in in two thousand eight. He won the cup in uh, ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, uh, but the problem is, is that. And this is this you know, this is kind of Osgood O
1: two wasn't Vernon ninety
2: seven, ninety eight? No, Vernon was 96-97. Then they traded him. Who's yeah,
1: that? but like well, Osgood was backup though.
2: Yeah, he was his backup. And then, Oh no, wait,
1: O two, wasn't it
2: Hasek? Hasek and uh Kevin Hodson.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Um but see, and this this kind of goes back to the his, this how silently Mike Illich Put together from the top down, an organization that was so good that a guy like Osgood, who people say was just a better than average goalie, not a Hall of Fame goalie, has Hall of Fame numbers. And when they say, "Well, when people go look at his numbers, how can he deny he's you know should be in the Hall of Fame?" They go because of the defense that was in front of him, Larry Murphy, uh, you know, uh, Nick Lindstrom. Bob Rouse, I mean, you had guys in front of him Chris Chelios, you know, I mean, you had Konstantinov. Constantin- well, yeah, Konstantinov, yeah, I mean, you had guys who i mean th- these are these are these are immortals in the in in the history of the game and will always be in front of them, but doesn't it to me, that speaks to taking a team known as the dead things when he bought it and turning it into the premier hockey destination. For almost two decades to the point where if you were a free agent and you didn't get a call from the Red Wings, you had you to be thinking bumped. Yeah, you had to be thinking, What the fuck did I not do right? <laughs> I mean you know? it's, we've
1: used it before, but I mean really he, he we were we were the uh the New York Yankees of hockey for about five years there. You know, well it was- Detroit
0: it's <laughs> called the hockey town USA. Come on. And maybe yeah. and you could even you could argue maybe even up to oh eight, oh nine
1: we were a hockey destination. But it, it just seems like, you know, after the whole what was that, oh eight where we were or what were we were what one game away from closing it out and we blew it.
2: Oh that was oh nine.
1: Yeah, oh nine. I mean that was what? That was that was the, the Marion Hosa debacle? Uh
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Where he disappeared in the playoffs and then disappeared uh, Hossa- on us. But then, the next week,
2: or next year, Hosa was on the Penguins in 2008 when we beat the Penguins. And then Hosa jumped shipped over to the Red Wings and lost to the Penguins, which had to burn his ass. And then Holland gave uh, the mule because he produced in the playoffs the contract, Thomas Holstrom, the bigger contract, and let Hosa go. Hosa went to the, the Blackhawks, where he now has two Stanley Cups. So. I mean retrospect being what Hosa. it is. Yeah, retrospect being what it is, that's one of his worst that's one of Holland's worst moves ever. But I mean, we talked we've talked about this uh, you know on past shows. The Red Wings are like or actually you should say like the Patriots are like the Red Wings. Hey, regular season records are nice, you don't produce in the playoffs, you're gone. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not going to bring you here just because you, you're a nice name. I mean, when, when Belichick went to his GM, went to Robert Kraft, and said, I need Rodney Harrison, they didn't even question him. They just said, right. And, that, and, that, and he was a big question mark to every other team in the league. And on Belichick's word alone, they, they okay, we'll sign him. Cool. You know, he was, sitting, he was literally sitting in Al Davis's waiting room when he got the call that the Patriots had made an offer. He got up, went to the receptionist and said, Tell Mr. Davis I'm sick and I'm sorry I couldn't make this appointment, and then flew out to New England and signed his contract.
1: And by sick, I t- sick of
2: losing. You know, so what's that tell you? You know, I mean, that's this is, but, uh, you know, what people outside Detroit also don't realize is that this is a hometown boy who grew up on the east side of Detroit, played minor league ball, joined the Marines, did his stint in his in the Marines, got out, went back to minor league ball, got out of minor league ball, and started a little pizza shop in Garden With City, 10 Michigan. G's. Ten yeah, fucking G's in Garden City, Michigan, literally three miles from where I'm sitting right now, and turned it into one of the biggest pizza empires in the world at this point. And he never left Michigan. He stayed here. No. He wanted the He wanted before he even. Bought the Red Wings. He wanted to buy the Tigers, but they weren't for sale. So he bought the Red Wings. A few years later, when the Tigers went up for sale, Tom Monaghan, who at that point was the owner and founder of Domino's and was still involved with that, outbid him and bought the Tigers out from underneath him. And he and he bid his time until Monaghan sold the Tigers 10 years later, and he bought them. And yes, the Tigers went through some shit years, but if you really look at it, the Tigers built a World Series class team in less time than the Red Wings built a Stanley Cup final class team.
1: Well, I was going to say they actually, if you look at it, they kind of had the same timeline. Uh, Illich buys the Tigers, or I'm sorry, buys the Red Wings in 82. By 97, they're winning a cup. That's 15 years. Buys the Tigers in 92. By 2006, they're in the World Series. I mean, it just just reeks of this guy has a plan going into whatever he keeps going into yeah the dividends might not pay off um, you know immediately, but the way he built teams, and you could see it in both organizations he he's building for long term he's he's not building for winning next year he's building for winning multiple years a few years down the road
2: exactly and if you and if anybody doubts that, look at the red Wings playoff streak, which granted. Unless a miracle so happens, it's co- coming yeah. to an end this season, as it should, because it's time for the Red Wings to blow that team up and rebuild. But that's that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, the game, when that streak started, is completely different than the game is now. And for them to not only make the playoffs, but win four Stanley Cups in that time period, is fucking mind-blowing. I mean, show me another team that had a streak like that in any sports history. The closest you can come is the New England Patriots, but it still hasn't been as long, still hasn't been almost 25 years that, and, and the Patriots have missed the playoffs since Brady and Belichick took the, took the reins of that team.
1: Yeah. The thing is too, is good luck to any professional sports team at, at this point for breaking that record. Cause it's going to take you at least two and a half decades to do so. So good luck, everybody.
2: But, I mean, I also think, I, this is, and this is just a, an aside, it's not really sports-related. Owners get a lot of shit because when they want stadiums built, you know, oh, well, why, why does the city or the county or whoever have to kick money in? Mike Illich bought property that nobody wanted, that people wanted tore down, a.k.a. the Fox Theater here in Detroit. Yep. Renovated that and turned it into one of the premier, what is it, a 2,000-seat theater? One of the premier yeah. theaters in this, in this region of the country. And then across the street built Comerica Park. And then down the street is building the new Red Wings facilities. And by the way, across the street from Comerica Park is where Ford Field got put. Yeah, that downtown and- area basically owes a lot to Mike Illich.
1: It owes everything to Mike Illich. You don't, I don't think you have Penske and Gilbert even thinking about coming down there if illich doesn't go there first mike illich was revitalizing detroit before revitalizing detroit was cool
3: exactly
1: he he moved the headquarters of little caesars from farmington hills to the fox theater in like 88 all right you guys remember woodward avenue in 1988 i sure do definitely definitely wasn't a place you were relocating a business at least not where he was at i mean
2: if you want to see if you want to see what it looked like back in the day hunt down an obscure movie called Tiger Town with Roy Schreider, and watch that movie because the whole movie is about a kid trying to get to Tiger Stadium to watch Roy Schreider and he's a tiger in the, in the film play. I,
1: I, I have seen the movie.
2: And I was a kid, they, but I thought they go th- all through Detroit. This kid trying to get there, and then look at Detroit, th- that part of Detroit, not the part of the, not not the ruin porn that they're going to show you on the national news because you can go out. Is it Detroit or Beirut? We don't know. I'm talking about downtown. Downtown looked like hell back then. All right, we're talking the yeah. difference between 19, or, you know, we're talking the difference between Martin Scorsese's beginning of his career Times Square and Times Square now. That's what we're talking. You know, completely uh, that is, two different. That's very
3: apt.
1: When, when Mike Illich bought the Fox, it was a few years of, uh, removed from being a, a fucking porn theater. All right, that's the the cast court. It's funny how everyone's forgotten about the cast Corridor, and now it's called Midtown.
2: Yeah, I know, right?
1: You know, and by the way, you know, every hipster that's sitting there bitching about another stadium, that's sitting there bitching about all this shit that they're building in downtown Detroit, well, guess fucking what? You wouldn't have a place to sit there and bitch about if it wasn't for Mike Illich. The bottom line. Like, you could argue he single handedly started the turnaround. He was investing in the city when nobody else. You guys know how I feel about Detroit. I think it's a shithole. But as far as a guy who's been a booster. I mean, I saw a tweet the other day from podcast host, a uh, podcast host, Rich that you and I listen to all the time. He said, "Detroit never had a better friend when the chips were down." I think that's mm-hmm. a, that is a very good synopsis about Mr.
2: Illich. Definitely, and I mean, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Not a big fan of Little Caesars pizza, but you know, the, the just the pizza itself. I mean, it, but that's neither here nor there. People tend to forget that he started through Little Caesars, the Little Caesars. Hockey League, which has sent over a hundred players to the NHL in its period of time that is this is this is Little Kid Hockey League. a hundred players I mean that that is that is unheard of outside of something like organ I mean like legit little league baseball, like where they have their World Series, you know, to send that many players from a basically regional league. For little kids, especially here in America, you know, and, and another thing that people overlook is that he's one of the few people who actually spent money. I mean, there's a fully functional ice ring down at, at Clark Park, which used to be, uh, you know, if if Clark Park was mentioned, it was in a rap song about, you know, people getting murdered and killed and shit, you know, driving through Clark Park in my beat up Skylark type, you know, type shit. And, you know, you have black kids playing hockey and I don't think that would be the case if it wasn't for someone like Mike Illich. If it wasn't for Mike Illich, period.
1: Yeah, and, too, a lot of things, that Rosa Parks story that came out, you know, I'm, I'm familiar. Did you hear that with,
2: one, Earl? I
0: did.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, I know some people uh, that work under the Illich umbrella, and those stories, stories like that Rosa Parks stories, are a lot more common than we think. And they're too, then they usually involve people who have a lot less notoriety than Rosa Parks. You know, Mike Illich is one of those guys that he wasn't telling you uh, the shit he was doing as far as charity work went.
2: You know, he just, he just did, did it, it,
1: and then people would people would talk about it after the fact. He wasn't putting out a press release. He wasn't holding a press conference. He wasn't doing look what I did. He would just do it, and then shit like that just kind of bubbled to the surface. You now, I mean, the guy was a it, the guy was a true philanthropist. Uh, you know, it's he did he's a self made guy. He and I think, but the, the most impar- important part is he didn't forget where he came from. You know, he, he always, I think, stayed in that mindset of, like, this could all go away tomorrow. You know, so I, I, he did, it didn't seem like he took it for granted, you know, especially with the, a lot of the owners we see nowadays. You know, just you, you want two opposite ends of the spectrum. At one end, you got Mike Illich. At the other end, you got Jerry Jones and your Al Davises, you know, guys like that.
2: The, the look at yeah. me brigade.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: All right. Well, should we get back to our original subject? <laughs> great, great, man. Oh. Just saying.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it, it, as far as in Detroit sports, that's a huge hole, man. And, you know, everybody, at least the three people on this podcast, you gotta feel sorry for him. He never got his World Series. I mean, yeah. And he, 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 he drove hard in 2012 too. You know, I think anyone close to the guy might, might have seen the end coming in 2012. And it's like, you know, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, that, that seemed like a, a desperate ass move, didn't it?
2: Yeah, him, him basically going above, uh, Dombrowski's head and saying, we're going to bring Fielder in. And that's just all there is to it. And then the fact that when he came out, when they won the ALCS and, uh, you know, they were doing the trophy and, and MVP presentation, he was out there. Anyone who's seen him during the Red Wings or even 2006 with the Tigers, uh, knew that he was not in the best of health at that point. Like you could see yeah. that, you know, it, 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 it wasn't people weren't exactly on a death watch for him, but they were like, Ooh, okay, uh yeah, guess what? Time does not stand still for anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean there's there was definitely a difference between uh Mike Illich with his first Stanley Cup in nineteen ninety seven and Mike Illich at the uh the the rally in two thousand six. Yeah. It's definitely two different Mike Illiches. But yeah, the guy was eighty seven. So I mean in two thousand six he's what? So he's pushing eighty? So,
3: oh.
1: yeah, man, it's father time, undefeated, <laughs> billions and oh, so, but yeah, big, big hole in the Detroit sports and
0: huge. Yeah.
1: Hopefully, come on, by the Lions, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, but the people, thing is,
2: people have been I saying think, that for years, man. Years.
0: years.
1: Uh, here's the thing. The problem was that the, the third person in that equation was Chris Hillich, who now is the default owner of the Red Wings. <laughs> <laughs> or, or no, of the Tigers. That's right. On on paper, Marion Illich, because there's that whole, you can't own two sports teams in the same town. Yeah. Mar- Marion Illich technically owns the Red Wings. They were an anniversary gift. And Mike owns the Tigers. I like, hey. And when Ford died, I was like, hey, Chris Illich, buy the Lions, and there you go. <laughs> Might see a Super Bowl before we all die.
0: But yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot of... What the fucking uh, news reports that we could talk about. Obviously, Oakley with the ban and Michael Jordan had to uh, somehow negotiate the ban being lifted. Did you guys hear about the 100th win for UConn? Oh, yeah. Uh, That's, I mean, there's debate whether that's good or bad for college women's basketball.
1: Is that in a row?
0: Yeah, 100 wins in a row.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah, and that's without Pat. um,
1: Summit. Summit.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you know, we covered it when she when she died and you know, I'll be the first one to tell you women's sports is not something I follow, but I mean, she was dominant in her field. And if you, and I don't you can't take that away from her no matter who you are. I mean, even the most even the most misogynistic person who thinks that, you know, women's sports shouldn't even be, you know, their highlights shouldn't even be on ESPN. Can't take away that that woman, you know, basically walked in and said, yeah, well, there's me and UConn and the rest of fucking, you know, the women's NCAA. Is she the female Belichick? She has to be, dude. Yeah, she was. I mean, I'd put, I'd say that she's, I'd I'd even go, I know I default to hockey a lot, but I'd say she's up there with like, you know, the greatest of all time, like Scotty Bowman, you know, Bear Bryant, Lombardi, you know, guy, you know. People like that. I mean, you just you, you can't. It's almost impossible to be as dominant as she was, and the fact that she's no longer there and this team is still doing it, you know that her fingerprints are on that. I mean, it's 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 something that.
1: Well, probably a nod to the athletic director too.
2: Well, yeah. Well, I mean, of course, but I mean, it's something that you hear a lot of that. You know, players have to buy into a coach's you know system and the process they have to buy into it well obviously if you were being drafted by her you bought in before you even signed your letter of intent or else you probably wouldn't even she probably wouldn't even talk to you a second time i mean it's just like look look here i i have the track record i have the proven track record you're going to come in here and argue with me then go play for somebody else you know i've
1: been coaching for decades you've been playing for Maybe half of one, maybe almost a decade. I would listen to me,
2: but yeah, to to me that's a that's a hell of a that's a hell of an accomplishment in college sports. And I, with the landscape today, you may never see that again, even in women's NCAA sports. I mean, not in the major sports i mean maybe you'll see yeah, it, it like lacrosse or some shit you know but it, it hasn't ended yet
0: that's the thing when's it gonna end <laughs> that's just 100 no i
2: got it but i mean it, we as a society for whatever reason we're attracted to nice round numbers and 100 is like you know a nice round number the next one will probably be what 125 if they make it to that then it'd be 150 i mean that's just insane to me that's like cal ripkin's streak it's it's never going to be broken oh no Oh, is it twenty one ninety five or twenty one sixty five or something like that? Some shit like that. I mean, that's just insane, dude.
0: Or like the Red Wings' playoff
2: streak. Yeah, yeah, I mean, especially if they keep adding teams and they keep fighting for more and more parity to where every team is, you know, almost exactly the same. They can't no team. They won't allow a team to build a dynasty. Then yeah, it 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 will become harder and harder. So, I mean, it's that's uh-huh. one of the things I like about college sports. Take away the. You know, the, the, the teams that have been caught paying players and bribing them and shit like that. Really, it's up to the coach and the brand of that team to sell itself to make sure it stays on top. And you can see real quickly what happens when you get a coach that just doesn't fit the brand by looking at Michigan and what happened once Rich Rod stepped in.
1: Or Chip Kelly and any NFL team.
2: You well, know, Well, yeah. NFL teams are a little bit different. I mean... You really you you can't help who you get drafted by, you or know.
1: Nick Saban and the NFL,
2: <laughs> but you can definitely choose you know your 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 college football team, and that's one of the things that I thought was interesting, you know, in articles I've read over the years about why guys who move on to the NFL are still so connected to the programs that they chose to go to because hey, they chose that that team. You know, you can't. It's like the difference between, between being drafted in the army and choosing to join the Marines. You know, there's a reason they say the few, the proud, the Marines. And there's a reason the army, back in the day, drafted everybody. You know, <laughs> Marines didn't want just anybody; they wanted the fuckers who were, who were crazy enough to think they were good enough to be in there. You know, army was like, we just need warm bodies. Come on in. So, I mean, it's not a slam against the army. That's just how it was back in the day of you know Vietnam and the draft. So. If you have an issue with what I said, I don't know. Dig up the people that fucking made those laws and take it out on them. Leave me the fuck out of it. You know, or vote. Yeah, <laughs> and once in a while. Yeah,
0: maybe every two years instead of every four.
2: But so, what's, oh, what's your what's your take on the Oakley thing, man?
0: Uh, actually, to be honest with you, I think it's not an issue. If if we if that happened in Milwaukee or Sacramento or somewhere, you, you, nobody's going to talk about it.
1: Or if it's not Charles Oakley, if it's you know, random fan. This is just another, I mean, to look at it. You put your hands on security, you're fair game, whether you're drunk or not. Uh, no. y- the
0: fact it, the fact in and of itself that he got kicked out of Madison Square Garden, that's what I'm saying is not an issue. What made it an issue, and what I have a huge problem with, is the way Dolan, the owner of the Knicks, reacted. Because he came out and just slammed Oakley and and made him you know just look stupid in, in in the public's eye, telling everybody he has a problem with alcoholism and he doesn't. He even said, uh, you know, he might have a problem with Dolan in his press conference said, or not his press conference, but on the on the podcast or whatever said, uh, he might have a problem with alcohol. But you know, I don't know. Well, if you don't know, then shut the fuck up. Don't talk about your your former players that way. You know, and then when he placed a ban on him, you don't know, ban a few uh, a former player like that for one little incident. Man, if they touch your security, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Well, you're allowed to, but you don't do it. For what? Why not?
1: Bring if them into any, your
0: fucking Earl, office, sit down and be Earl, like, look, man, I'm a man. That wasn't right. Don't do that shit in my arena or you're done.
1: Earl, if that was any of the three of us, though, we wouldn't have gotten that consideration. Like, that's that. I guess that's where I kind of have a problem with. The the stuff you said, Spike Lee and whoever was saying like so, because you were good at sports twenty years ago, we're just supposed to forget about this one instance of you being an asshole.
0: I don't know that that's true though, Chris. I don't think we would have got that's, banned. I think we would have got thrown out of the the arena. Dude, and, you go to
1: the you go to any game, get froggy with the security guard, see how that turns out for you.
0: Yeah, but I I just, really don't doubt. If I have season tickets to to a a team, whatever. And the next thing I know, they had, a, you know, an issue with me, and I threw my hands up, and the security guards came up, and we started a fight, and I got kicked out. I highly doubt that I would be banned. Rich, am I right?
2: Uh, I, I, yeah, I, it depends on the – in my experience, it depends on the sport, because weren't people banned, like giving, given bans for doing exactly that back in the Silverdome days? No, I, I, in the I don't.
0: I don't think they were yeah. banned. I, I, Chris, I don't think they were banned for for like eternity. You know, I, I don't think they could come back to that game. Maybe another one or two games, but a lifetime ban from the arena. I highly doubt that's the case. Be- and, and hear me out here, not because they feel sorry for me or anything, but they want my money. I'm buying those tickets. I'm buying the concessions. I'm buying the memorabilia. If I'm not oh. allowed in the stadium. Not only am I not buying it, my family's not going to buy it. I'm going to tell my friends not to buy it. Well, now <laughs> I present to
1: you this devil's advocate argument, Earl. So, I key hang on to your money, but to everyone who sat around you who might not come back, fuck them.
0: No, and I, I'm with you on that, but that's why I say give, you know, maybe a game. Hey, you're not allowed back for this game or next. We'll have you back the game after, and if you can behave yourself, you're good. But it was his first instance. It was the first time Charles Oakley ever did anything like that. I'm.
1: I was just about to bring up. I bet you. This, maybe it isn't. This. This might be the first time we're hearing about something. Like. I don't know. It's. The more we talk about this, the more my like, "Where smoke, there's fire." Spidey sense just starts tingling a little more. Like, you know, like. This makes me wonder. Maybe this isn't the first time. Maybe he's had warnings.
0: No, no. I think it is the first time. Because if there was other times, Dolan would have put that shit on blast when he tried to conv- convince everybody he had an alcohol problem. There's no way he's going to hold that back.
1: I just I don't know. I, I just think there there might be more to this story because it just and, and two, I, Spike first, Lee and the rest and the rest of you guys, where were you? It it seems like they're they're this just going off. But what you guys told me, maybe there was more said. But like I said, we're, we're defending him based on what he did before. They, they didn't. They didn't talk shit about Dolan for bringing up the alcohol. They were just like, "Oh, since he played basketball good twenty years ago, uh, it doesn't matter."
0: No, they were furious at the fact that he brought. They brought up the alcohol because he wasn't. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't like hugely intoxicated, and they were really just bent. And they were basically calling him a racist.
2: Well, here's my beef. Okay, if he was visibly intoxicated, which means his let's say his eyes were at half-mast, he was starting to slur his words, you could smell it on him, and they believe that that was the catalyst for the situation. At what point is it okay for them to start saying he has a problem with alcohol? Shouldn't they just say he appeared visibly intoxicated? He was being disruptive. We asked him to leave, he wouldn 't et cetera etc et cetera you don 't need there 's no need to go into well, I mean you know he has a problem with alcohol, really, who the fuck are you to be talking about his problems with substances just because i mean i 'm sorry if you right now i i I, I challenge anyone who thinks i 'm bullshitting next time, when the NFL season starts back up, go to your fucking home team 's game pay to get in the parking lot, and ask to breathalyze people. And I guarantee you, easily, easily, a third of that crowd is legally drunk, if not half. And that's before they go into the game. And if you think I'm bullshitting about professional football, go to a fucking college football game and hang out the tailgate. Where everybody will be drunk. Now, now, are you going to sit here and, and say that all those people have problems with alcohol? no. Part of going to a game is enjoying yourself, having some drinks, setting the mood, getting loose. That's the reason they sell those fucking drinks. Okay, well, that makes them money. All right? This is the reason I have I, yet to be to any stadium there's not a bar in. And I'm not talking vendors. I'm talking a walk-in, sit-down bar at the fucking place. I think it's called the Fifth Avenue of Comerica Park. It's called the Olympia Club at at the Joe, and I forget what it's called at Ford Field. But I mean, to me, the owner was just, I'm going to throw everything to the wall to try to cover my ass, and whatever sticks, sticks. And because this is, is, you know, our society is like, oh, someone has a problem with alcohol because, you know, Britney Spears puts on a bad show and she goes to rehab for exhaustion. You know, that's, that's the way our society's set up these days. It seems like it's the cheap way to say that, you know, yeah, he was being a dick to security and probably because he's an alcoholic, which is, let's be honest, if he's never said he's an alcoholic, if he's never had any charges put against him, which I don't know. I don't know Charles Oakley's history all that well, but if he's never been charged with any crime where alcohol was a factor, that's slander. Right. That's defamation that just- of character.
0: And not just that, Rich, he retracted it. He lifted the ban, issued an apology. He, he just kept making things worse and worse and worse as he kept going along. Dolan, that
2: is. I think a lot of that has to do with he misread the room. He thought he was going to have a lot more support than he did. And Agreed. He, Agreed. But
1: I've been reading while you guys have been talking. Oakley probably also, but Oakley didn't help the case when he said, admitted that he had been drinking before the game. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not defending the actions of the owner. I'm with you, Rich. It's kind of out of place. Just say he fucking was getting aggressive with our security and end it. But it's yeah, he didn't didn't help his case by admitting that he was drinking before it. Which yeah, most of the people in that stadium are drunk. I just my, I guess my issue is more with it's just go to any go to the big four, go to any stadium, get get loud and aggressive with security, see what happens.
2: Oh you know, yeah, definitely.
1: D- d- didn't the vet have a fucking holding cell in its basement? When yes. it's still around?
2: And I believe they had a judge to actually issue fines and, yeah, if, if if you were way too out of control, you'd be taken to their version of, you know, city jail for further, you know, held for further trial or whatever. So, I mean, it, at least that's all my friends from Philly have said. I never went to the vet. I was never there. You know, but I, it it could be one of them urban legends, but for everybody to say the exact same thing, you know come on it's it's kind of like the it's kind of like Eddie Griffin said you know he's like people been saying whitney Whitney Houston smokes crack for twenty years if someone says something about you for twenty years, where there's smoke, there's fire, you know what I'm saying, so and then of okay. course, she died from cocaine intoxication. there you go, so but Actually, did
1: she technically die from drowning?
2: <laughs> oh I thought she I thought she fucking. Had a seizure or whatever, cocaine-induced seizure. Well, yeah. And I don't know. Once it's... again, I don't give a shit enough about Whitney Houston yeah. to know any of that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, no, I, th- I think it was a one-two. I think the, the, the coke made her unconscious, and she was in the bathtub, and then that was it. It was, it was kind of...
2: Which, how much coke do you have to do to be unconscious from it? That is a know, lot right? of fucking cocaine, man. That's like your body is shutting down on you. Jesus Christ! I mean, I'm not one to talk. You listen to listen to a couple episodes. You can dig them up if you want of unregimented. I've done my share of shit, but God damn. my
1: my one experience with cocaine. Uh, it's supposed to keep you awake, right? Like she, <laughs> she, she went to the other end of the scale, apparently.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, some people drop acid and it and it it strips their ego and it, you know puts a mirror up to their inner selves, and they they come to peace with it. Other people drop acid and think the couch is trying to eat them. So, you know. Shut up, Rich. It happens. (laughs) Hey,
1: merits to both of those experiences. (laughs) Depends (laughs) on, you know, who you're with.
0: (laughs) So, Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at with Oakley. I, I just think it was what it was. It was an instance. Okay, move on. But, no, the the owner just – and I think you're right, Rich. He read the room wrong thinking people are going to be like, yeah, Charles, what the fuck is your problem? But you don't think there's a touch, just a
1: touch of don't you know who I am in this?
2: Oh, oh yeah. Definitely. definitely. Definitely, yeah. And that's, that's something the more and more uh, athlete autobiographies I read, especially the ones who have either cleaned up their act or – really want to clean up their act when they look back on their behavior and they recount those, don't you know who I am moments. Those are the things that embarrass them the most, almost. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a standard thing to where they get to that chapter and they're like, I feel nothing but shame and embarrassment. And I should, because I was an asshole and that's what assholes do. This is
0: all leading to, by the way, that uh, they're saying Melo might go to Cleveland for sure now. <laughs> well, didn't didn't, uh, they, didn't got a, they got a
1: Kevin Love sized hole in their lineup now? So. They do
2: for six weeks. Well, that's what I was going to say. Didn't I mean the the scuttlebutt I heard um, was that basically the Knicks said, "Give us Kevin Love." And you can have mellow and Cleveland was like, yeah, go kick rocks. It ain't mean, You're not getting them. And so if the Knicks are still shopping mellow, then that tells Cleveland, they did the right thing.
1: <laughs> the Cleveland's, calling. Cleveland's calling them now. Hey, you want to have a love?
2: <laughs> you never well, cheat. no, I'm, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. If, if, if they say straight up one for one love for mellow and Cleveland goes, no, I don't think so. And end of negotiation. And then the Knicks call him up and say, well, make us another offer. Well, the glove's not going to be in that offer. For whatever reason, they want to hang on to him, no matter how injury-prone he may be. I mean, don't forget, just because a player is injury-prone doesn't mean he can't get healthy at the right time and contribute. I mean, you know, unless, you missed... you you missed, Charles. You know, the, going back to... <laughs> going back to, uh, you know, Russell players Lester. who who missed whole seasons and then came back and dominated in the playoffs, you know, Sergey Fedorov almost sat out an entire fucking season over a contract dispute. Came back and, you know, yeah, I still remember that. Put his fucking put that team on its back for a few games and led them to a cup victory. You know, that's that's not unusual. And just and yes, I know it's a contract dispute, but it's just the first example that popped in my head. And it has happened with players who have been injured. You know, I I've heard teams, hey, look, yes, our star player is injured. Perfect. Okay, another example granted he didn't lead him to victory but terrell owens was injured through all of those playoffs on philly's run to the super bowl came back and he still wasn't 100 percent on his ankle and had an, an amazing game you i mean even for an injured TO, you know now imagine if he'd have been healthy and donovan McNabb's nerves had been up to the task we might be sitting here talking about one less fucking patriots super bowl win
0: right but you got that and you got james going i need help i can't do this by myself and he's already got Kevin Love, so give up Kevin Love and get Mello. That's what everybody it's said that cry was for, was for him to get mellow.
2: Yeah, but he wants that big first three, duty. I, 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 I mean, we've we've you know beat the James horse to death. But the thing is, I think he wants that big three and fucking like he had in Miami, but he wants it in Cleveland. He wants him, Love, and Mello. That's what he wants, and
1: they are nine and a half games up, and he's talking about, I need help.
0: Like, that's, that's, that's why everybody said it was a cry for Mello, because you're up. You're, you're the fucking NBA champions. You're defending champion. You're up nine and a half games. Why do you need help? The only other team with a bigger lead in their division is Golden State. Well, oh, Golden go State's
1: there. up 12. Like, what, what, do you, what do you need help with, motherfucker?
0: Do you know how big Golden State is? People are bitching at them because it's right before the All-Star break, and they've just now lost nine games. There's like 81 games in a season. They're at the All-Star break and only lost nine games. Shut the hell up about them. They're fine. Last game last year, they, they took the, the season record and only lost nine total. The year before that, I think they lost 11. Stop it. Dude, but Earl, it's the we're in this
1: new trolling society where we have to find the littlest, most minuscule thing and sit there and beat it to fucking death. Like that's like that's insane to me that people are bitching that Golden State has lost nine they're all season's half over, they've lost nine games, people are upset. Rich, quote you get the fuck out of my face. What are you upset about? <laughs>
2: i dude if if the pistons were in that position this town would be so fucking there'd be no room on the pistons bandwagon red there and would blue be would be
1: flowing down woodward all right the detroit river would be dyed red and fucking blue if we were in that position
2: i mean that's that's just
0: that's just all there is to it i'm just saying man damn damn there's 81 games in a season and out of three seasons, you lost, what, 10, 9, and already 9, so 18, 28 games out of three seasons?
2: Stop it. oh Dude, I, I mean, this all goes back to something we've talked about before. I don't know. I mean, None of us are in the man's head, but his actions from the minute he went to Miami to now speak to he's not comfortable being the number one guy in the spotlight. He wants – at least another guy to share the spotlight with him. He's got Kyrie fucking Irvin. Dude, I I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not defending him. I'm just going by his actions. He can say, look, this is something I've had to learn over almost 40 years on this fucking rock. People can tell you whatever the fuck they want. What you do is you just nod in all the right places, look them in the eye, and then you watch their actions, and then you really learn what the fuck they're about. Because people will tell you anything they think that you want to hear. But their actions will show you what they're really about. And the fact that he's now in a position he's in, and he has before in a position he was in, asked for more help, tells me all I need to know. This man does not want to be the guy for whatever reason. I mean, if you're more inclined to... to if you Don't sign a
1: billion-dollar shoe contract.
2: If you're more inclined to, 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 to like him... Then you're going to spin it in your mind as he wants to share the spotlight. He wants to take everybody else along with him on this this journey and all this shit. If you're if you don't like him, you go. You're a pussy and you don't want the ball when the game's on the line. Yeah, well. Then I if you're it. like me, I just don't give a fuck. I That's just not who
1: I, I want on my team. Like you're the captain, you're supposed to the leader, but you don't want to lead. I don't want
2: you on my team. I mean, yeah, right. I, I, yeah I agree. I mean, I, I I hate to say it. This is not this is not a player that I, I'm I'm trying to build a team around with his behavior since he went to Miami.
1: Rich in our industry, it's a, it's it's like making somebody a manager who don't want to be a manager. You're not going to get the results you want.
2: Exactly, exactly. If you're just throwing someone into a position of leadership because someone has to be there, yeah. Hey, you, you, <laughs> It's un, It's it's the person's not motivated to do the job that needs to be done. That's all there is to it.
1: And you're going to have a bunch of malcontents. Like it, like if he keeps going the way he's going in Cleveland, I'd I'd love to be a fly in the wall in that locker. I'd love to be flying that lock on the fly in the wall in that locker room now.
2: That's what I'm saying. How long until the mutiny on the bounty happens here? I mean, it, before Jesus. they just kick him out. How long until they just say, "Okay, LeBron, shut the fuck up, go sit down in your corner"? When we when Don't the game's not on the line, when the game's not on the line, and we need you to score a lot, which is what you're good at, we'll, we'll, then that's when we want to hear from you.
0: Kind like, of the Chad Johnson and Key Keyshawn Johnson type shit. I'm, yeah. I,
1: if I would. I'm not to kick him off the team, but if I'm Dan Gilbert, I might be uh, having myself a private meeting with LeBron, going, what the "Fuck is wrong with you? You're costing me a lot of money, dipshit." Like. Shut up, play basketball, Win some game like it's I don't know man
2: why well, once you know we've, weve we've touched we touched on it as far as we brought it up and then we just moved on in a in a in a past episode, but honestly, guys, could this be like some sort of and i when i when I say mental illness it's because I don't have a better term that's popping into my head at the moment. But something along those lines that's going a mental block, I guess, would be a better way—that's going on with LeBron, like Zach Grinky had. And they, you know, Zach Grinky when he was with the with the Royals, they had to, you know, look if you want to be in the game, if you want to be in the in the show, you got to work this out. And he went and he he had a therapist or whatever he had, worked it out, and now he's the Zach Grinky We all know. I mean, is is that is there something going on? I, I'm within, more.
0: I'm more apt to think, and and we've said this too. It's back to he he came straight out of high school, and it's been everybody handed him everything he wants because he's the yep. next Jordan.
1: Earl, we have some potico on this. This is from having your butt rubbed and your balls cradled from the time you were twelve years old.
0: Right, so you were the great. You were the king. You were the king. You're King James. You're King James, bitch. All of that shit. You're the man. You're the man. Don't take no shit from nobody. Here's $90 million. We're Nike. We're our shit. And so he's got this all in his head that he's the shit, and he can demand the world, and everybody's going to listen to him. But now he's getting older, and, you know, the sun isn't setting by no means, but it's it's there. It's peaking. He got a winning coach fired. I still don't
1: understand that either. They had a winning record. I I don't know, man.
0: Right, and and it's just him. I think it's really him with all of these instances this year of of him going and throwing a temper tantrum because not everybody is bowing to, quote, the king anymore. You're a half games up and you want help?
2: If you are a player on a team, I don't care if you're the star player. I don't care if you're the fucking – the leagues that you play in, the face of the league, and you can get a coach with a winning record fired and everybody knows it. They don't even try to fucking dress it up as anything else. You are toxic. That's all there is to it.
1: Yeah, because it's all about you. Exactly. It is no longer about the team. It is about you.
2: And I'm having a real hard time believing that even though I brought it up, I brought it up basically playing devil's advocate if there's like a a mental block in his head, that he can be so narcissistic and self-centered that he does something like that, but at the same time, he doesn't want to be the man on the team. He wants to share the spotlight, unless—and this is this is tinfoil hat pulling this out of my ass. But I'm doing it with a pair of tweezers because it's covered in nasty shit when I pull it out my ass. Unless the whole team came to him and said, "LeBron, we need you to be our voice and get this coach out of here for whatever reason."
0: And I highly doubt that's how that shit went down.
2: That's why I said yeah. I'm pulling that out my ass with a tinfoil yeah. hat on.
1: But no, rich? I, I'm with you there. I think that. Sorry, Earl. I, I think that I want to share credit, and it's all about me. Don't exist in your head at the same time. I, I, don't, I don't think there's a human on Earth that's wired like that. You're either one way or the other. But I think that, that's my opinion, I guess.
0: No, I, and I think he, it is all about LeBron. And that's, why, and that's why I think LeBron went to Miami, because Miami had D-Wade, Okay, They were bringing in Chris Bosch and then bringing in James. And J- to James, well, that's that's the big three, quote-unquote, that you're wanting. So if we win, I'm good. If we lose, it was Bosch's fault. It was D. Wade's fault. It wasn't me. Oh, and you, notice you, think
2: that, he, you think he wants the other guys to play scapegoat just in case.
0: Well, think about it. He's sitting nine and a half games up screaming, I need help. I can't do this all by myself. Just so he could get a big name like Melo and get rid of Love. You've got the big three in Cleveland right now. you got James, Kyrie Irving, and and Love. That's the big three right there. And that's not good enough? And you're the defending fucking champions? Is it just not the three he wants? That's exactly my point. It's not the people he wants to play with. So he's going to throw a hissy fit. And everybody's looking at him like, dude, you're a defending champion. You're nine and a half games up. Yeah. to quote fucking demolition man what is your boggle yeah you're 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 defending champion and you're the second best
1: team in the league where, where, where's the disconnect here king james right it, that's him going sitting you're fine
0: i want my best friend to come play with me it's oh sit on the little bitch hey you know what sometimes you sign up for little league and your friends
1: end up on the other teams so the fuck what you make millions of dollars to play a game that we all played for free. See, and Many right parents.
0: there, Chris, Chris, right there, James is the type of kid that if that happened, he would make the other kids' parents move into his district. That's the shit I'm talking about. That's the type of guy he is. I want to play with my boy, so you guys have to move. Sell your house. I'll buy you a house here. Move. And now people are like, yeah, uh, LeBron, we're not cool with that. And he's like, you're a racist. My fucking posse, you're racist.
2: Dude. All right, well hold on, hold on a sec. And I I, I hate to say it because I, I feel like I'm about to get dogpiled, but fuck it, I'm used to it. <laughs> I've been doing podcasts with this network for three years now almost. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh I do think there's kind of an element of race to it as far as how the public perceives him, because Elway threw a shit fit when he was drafted and said, No, I'm not gonna play for the team that drafted me, I'll go play baseball instead. Until the until he ended up in Denver, Eli Manning did the same thing. And the, here's here's we don't hear about this constantly about those guys. This isn't something that was constantly brought up in their career. It was when it happened. When it happened, and, and then when it was done and over with, is left in the past. Eli didn't win his could, first. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I'll well, say so you could argue with both of those guys that once they got to the team they were drafted on, they stayed. They they didn't play this. They didn't hop around like LeBron has done. They didn't make these crazy demands once they got on the teams like LeBron has. Trust me, I, I thought with Eli Manning, I thought that was a crazy bitch move. I and and
0: right it's honestly. not a race thing
2: either, though, Rich, because at the same time... I'm not saying... Okay, but I want you to understand what I'm saying before you dismiss what I'm saying. I'm not saying that, it's, that race is the end-all, be-all in this situation. What I'm saying is... That it plays a factor in how he's perceived by the general public. That's what I'm I, saying.
0: I, I don't think so. Really, I okay, don't.
2: Okay, okay. I if, just want to but if you understand what I'm saying, then okay, then if you refute it, that's fine. I just, I don't want to be misconstrued here and then we end up arguing about something because neither of us understand what, what the other's saying. You know, no, I,
0: I, I do. But at the same time, again, my gold standard, Michael Jordan. There was a lot of players that were interchanged with Michael Jordan, and I have to believe that Mike had some say in it. If he liked to play with a guy, I'm sure he talked to the people, and they stayed, i.e. Pippen. But people like Bill Cartwright, uh, Horace Grant, you know, they all got swapped out. B.J. Armstrong, Paxton, swapped out. Came up Steve Kerr. You know what I'm saying? But none of that shit ever got broadcasted publicly. And that's where I'm telling you that I don't think it's race. LeBron comes out crying publicly. If Mike was crying, you never heard it. He did that shit in-house.
1: I also think, too, that I'm taking my talents to South Beach probably hurt his public perception more than perhaps race. Because that was was unprecedented. I I, I still think that was excessive and unnecessary. And it's like, what? almost 10 years later, but, but people. I think who,
2: but people who are and he had tend- to do a special about it, but people who are going to tend to, to look at things through race tinted glasses are going to look at that. Let's be honest and go, well, there you go. That's a perfect example of the problem with the black community. He can't just, he can't just sign a free agent contract and go to the team. He's going to have an hour long special, and fireworks and come out with, you know, well, and say maybe. not one, not two, not three, not four, not five and all that shit. He can't right. just he can't just have a press conference sit down and say, I've signed with the with the the heat. Right, Rich. But
0: if you're going to talk about that, well, then I mean, people that are going to be racist are going to be racist no matter what. You know, that's people that looked at Michael Jordan and said, oh, well, then he's just winning because he's black. You know, so I mean, if they're, if if you know, if they're going to be racist, they're racist. That's just people. Me particularly, and people like me that see LeBron the way I see LeBron, it's because of his actions. It has nothing to do with his race. Like I said, with Mike, that shit was handled in-house behind closed doors. With LeBron, he comes out and cries to everybody. Puts his team on blast, and you're nine and a half fucking games up, dude. Shut the fuck up.
2: Yeah, It I, has I nothing
0: do, to do with he's black.
2: I do agree with you on that wholeheartedly. He is hypersensitive to criticism be it constructive or just everyday criticism from people who are reporters talking heads etc whatever look look at the charles barkley situation exactly exactly that was that that can we call that butthurt gate because that's pretty much what it was
0: so what is that black on black there i mean and that's what i'm telling you bro it's not race. i don't i don't i honestly really don't think race plays a factor it's the race, only way race plays a factor is, is with those people that race plays a factor in their everyday lives. With people that see LeBron, they see him this way because of his actions, be it white or black.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a dead horse. I beat constantly, and it's more rug I'm wearing down. At least two cliches there. Uh, it's, it's, uh, look at when he was born, man. It, I, I really think his attitude, that entitlement comes across, man. It's part of his age group. Add, and the way add, he was
0: raised to believe yeah, he's
1: exactly. great, yeah. Add in the fact that he's been having his ass kissed since he was in middle school. I mean, and this is what
0: you get. And I, I mean, can, I can, I can put to you that Steve uh, Steph Curry is every bit as good as LeBron James. He might not be dunk like LeBron. He might not run up and down like LeBron, but he could shoot. He could carry a team. Man has talent. But he's extremely humble about it.
1: Yeah, he could talk to the media. He cannot be a dick. He doesn't put his teammates on blast. Steph Curry knows that half of it's your game, and the other half is your public image. And you want to get into that argument? I mean, we talked about it last podcast. To you know, it's once I looked at the numbers, I agree with you guys. Shit, he's number two all time. Damn right, he should be in. But when you look in a hurry, made the point. When you look at how he treated the media. I mean, that's a guy who didn't get like it's it's a two prong attack when you're in sports, man. You know, I mean, look at I bet you Marshawn Lynch ain't going to be a first ballot either, the way he treated the media.
2: I think it's well and okay. <sighs> Once again, I'm I'm out in an island by myself. There's Rivas Island and there's Rich Island. Apparently, um, well, there used to be Revis Island. It's more like <laughs> Revis con- uh, Continent North America these days. Everyone's on that shit. Um, yeah, but. I mean, when it comes to guys like like Marshawn Lynch, if you look at his, his background, where he came from, that man has a very good reason to not trust as easily as other people do. He puts up walls not out of... He's not putting up walls at reporters. He's putting up walls to keep people out that he doesn't trust. And there's a difference. There's a difference between... Being aggressively defensive and just—I don't want to say turtling because that comes with a negative connotation—but it's the best word I can think of at the moment. Turtling and going within your shell, because let's be honest, reporters, especially once you get to the playoffs and you're in the NFL and you're a guy like Marshawn Lynch who is just—I mean, we've the skittle spot that that, that we had in the, in the group chat, the 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 Conan O'Brien things, that should tell you that he's the type of guy that doesn't know how to turn on. He's just, that's him. He doesn't know how to play the game. And he knows, he's smart enough and self-aware enough to know that there's going to be reporters that are going to look for any weakness and probe at him, and if he gives them anything and they run with it and it comes back on him, he's the one that did it to himself. So that's how come I look at a guy like Marshawn Lynch – and I respect him for when he was up there and they said, You have to talk to the fucking reporters. And they were asking him questions and he's like, I'm just not about that talk. I'm here to win the game. That's right. What do
1: you I, really I agree with you? But I'm just since we're all assholes now, <laughs> the the thing is, is I guess by Johnny sports fan, who's six pops deep, he don't know that. He doesn't see that. He just sees a guy who never talks to the meeting and goes fuck him. You know, like I guess they I guess what guys like that don't see is their unintended consequences. Consequences they don't come across as likable, and I guess that maybe that's kind of part of it.
2: But coming across as likable and hearing stories about he treats fans like shit are two separate things. And I've never heard a story about he treats people like shit that are his fans. I mean, you know, a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, who here in Detroit was worshipped in his time here in Detroit was Bob Probert, and Reporters, even if Give you're not blood, fight Proby, <laughs> even, yeah, even if you don't, even if you're not from Detroit, you probably heard the name Mitch Album. Mitch Album hates Bob Probert. The man is dead. He still hates Bob Probert. But Bob Probert, I've yet to hear stories of him being assholes to fans that came up to him and were like, "Proby, oh my God, can I get a picture?" And he'd take the, he'd, you know, he'd go into the pose that he always went into, you know, they'd, he'd go, put your fist up near my face, and he'd put his fist up near their face, and he'd smile and he'd take the picture. That was the, the Bob Provert pose, you know, no matter where it was, whether it be at, at DRC when he was betting on the horses, whether it be at the bar. Now, if you step to him like an asshole, he'd clean your clock. But what the fuck is he supposed to do? I mean, you know, his reputation was built on being a tough guy. So if someone steps to him and starts a physical altercation and they start with the SH, he's going to come with the IT and it's going to be it. It's it. It's over. You're fucking with Bob Probert. This motherfucker trained at Crocs Gym. You're a fat slob from the suburbs. What the fuck do you think you're going to (laughs) do? I have to apologize to
0: the podcast listeners. (laughs) Rich is like Madden with Favre like rich is with probert he'll turn any conversation into bob probert
2: we're talking about lebron james and he's like so that's like you know bob probert (laughs) no but i I mean as far as as far as treating the 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 media in one way and treating the fans in another i've never heard Marshawn lynch treat his fans bad and 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 to to lump him in with someone like getting back to the discussion you know over here on a telestrator uh anyways uh of lebron i don't I don't really hear of, of good or bad things about LeBron with his fans. I don't think he has much interaction with him. I think he lives in a bubble, which might also be part of his problem because when you live in a bubble inside of an echo chamber surrounded by people who never challenge your point of view, you, you can end up being in the mindset that he's in where I'm going to go to the media and talk about this team needs another star. I'm getting old. And I want this coach fired. I mean, it, 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 it's so I, maybe I'm just trying to rationalize his behavior because I don't understand it. I don't understand you it. Can't. I can't. You can't. Derek Jeter would never do that. No, neither would Michael Jordan. That's my whole point.
0: He was built as the next Mike. He is the kid straight out of high school that is, quote, unquote, the king. The shit. The end-all, be-all. Yes, Screw Kobe
2: Bryant. Screw everybody. This is the kid. If you want to look at it that way, could you picture Wayne Gretzky doing that? No. Okay. Can't picture Michael Jordan doing it, right? Who would you say? Can you picture Tom Brady doing that? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, this is what I'm saying. These are the these are the people who, at least in our lifetime, are considered the greatest at their sport, or at least are in the discussion. And, I, I, you know, maybe maybe you're wearing on me, Earl. The more you, the more we talk about this man and. The way he goes about shit, the more I'm agreeing with you, the more I'm like, you know, he's no Jordan. He's no Jordan for Jordan with all his faults. He knew how to fucking he was like, my job is to go out there and do what I do on the hardwood. What happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. What happens with me and the GM stays in his office. What happens with me and the head coach stays in his office. It's none of y'all's business wait 20 years watch the 30 for 30 and read the books when people start fucking getting hard up for money if you want to know what happened but right now it's none of your business and all the same i liked james when
0: he first came in i liked him i was like wow this kid's got something but then he believed his own hype and just turned it into what i have what we see today so i'm not coming out going i'm like like i'm jealous that he's got all this no I, I liked him. I was ready for it. I was like, all right, kid, bring you know, bring it to the NBA, you know? Let's do this. And then he did all this shit, and I'm like, every day it seems like that kid's in the news saying or doing something about his team, his coach, his owner, his GM, something. This commentator, that reporter, I'm like, good lord, shut up! Yeah, I'm
1: just wondering when someone in the locker rooms to tell him to fuck off, because it just, it's and I know we're coming back to that but i just how many times i mean when you when you go back to the what was it 2015 where you got the coach fired to now i mean just how many more times can he pull some crazy shit in the locker room whether it's getting the coach fired or talking shit about his team or just popping off in general about i need help where's the line with his team well
2: let's let's play let's play let's play a little game real quick the the There used to be an old Marvel comic book called What If, and they would throw out crazy scenarios and they'd make a whole comic book about it. What if that locker room isn't as peaceful as fucking we're being led to believe, and someone steps to him and an altercation breaks out? Okay. What. uh, I mean, obviously, he's going to go into his. James's handlers and everybody is going to go into spin mode and, you know, try to minimize the damage as much as possible but i mean if that locker room as well as they're doing they come to blows at some point or damn close to it and it gets out because it seems like nothing can be kept in that locker room nothing's a secret it's the opposite of vegas everything that happens in the cleveland Cavs locker room is everybody's business so i mean what if that happens what do you do if if you're the general manager looking at this fucking wreck of a team you got and the chemistry is all fucked up what do you do?
1: I think we all know the answer to that, right? I mean, he's there's uh, there's so much money sunk into him and all that, and he's King Dick, big swinging dick in the room. They'll probably they probably ship off the the person that stepped to him because that's just we're we're it's you know like I said raw assholes now it's we're we are in the squeaky wheel the squeaky wheel gets the grease America now. I well, totally and at the same time. Happening.
0: At the same time, you're talking about the defending NBA champions who are up nine games in their in their division. Come on. I mean, as a coach, as a GM, I, I think I hold them just as much as accountable as, as I do LeBron. Somebody needs to put a cork in his fucking mouth. But it ain't going to happen because he's the big-time player. He's the man. He's the superstar. He's the king.
2: So ultimately... They're gonna go with whoever they've invested the most money in. Rich, they fired a winning coach. What do you think? Coach is one thing. If him and it's the coach, brother. <laughs> listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Still playing the what if game. If he does get mellow, and him and Mello come to blows in that locker room, bye bye Mello.
1: Yeah. What do you do then? It's, well, but then at the same time, you go to you go to LeBron. We gave you your boy. You can't get along. What do we do now?
2: I mean, let's not forget, Melo's got an ego on him too. I should say, sit. Somebody sit his ass down.
0: Put a cork in him. <laughs> sit, boo boo. Sit. Good dog. Good. You know, what do we?
1: What do they do if LeBron has the attitude of, oh, I thought this toy was going to be cooler than it was. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> you know, I. I, I With all the shit that's come out of his mouth this season, do you find that not plausible? Because I find it completely plausible.
2: Fuck the season, his career, especially his post-fucking Miami career.
0: Anyways, I can't. That's good for LeBron. Just so you guys know, Michigan State beat Ohio State in basketball. Okay. (laughs) FYI.
1: (laughs) Well, I I I say that because...
2: No, because I, I, mean, I I'm always glad guys. I'm always glad to hear Ohio State lost, but I just don't really care. I, about I could go basketball. on, I could go on
0: all night about LeBron, but I'm not. I want to ask you guys this because I know how I feel about it: Floyd Mayweather against McGregor. Are you serious? Yes, that fight is inches away from being done. I'm not kidding.
2: Well, the last time Mayweather, I heard, Mayweather said the
3: Mayweather
1: said fuck it's, out of him.
2: Mayweather said it's going to be a. It's it's a lot farther off than people think. Last time, I, literally couple hours ago before we started the show it's but on was, the forwarder network dude
0: i'm, I'm watching okay. it as we speak what'd you say chris I said mayweather would beat
1: the
2: fuck out of him you are stupid sir are you serious mayweather better knock him out because if it goes to the ground mayweather is done for it's a boxing match yeah oh a the, boxing yeah, a straight right. up not an mma match yeah that's right. what
1: i'm saying mayweather will beat the fuck out of him if if, if it's not mma
2: yeah
1: yeah i agree with gregor with
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you then. Oh, I thought they were getting into the octagon. Say, so if that was the case, Mayweather's stupid because he's never trained for that.
0: I think Mayweather's stupid anyway. McGregor has this. Mayweather's too old. May- Mayweather's claim to fame is that hey. he can move and run. And
1: weren't they saying that shit about
2: George Foreman and the?
0: The early to mid-90s? He is no George Foreman, sir.
2: I don't want your rocking chair. (laughs) 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 A video with him and George Jones? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, first of all, let's be honest here. George Foreman was never fleet of foot. The thing with George Foreman is he threw these slow punches and you'd when you just see him throw a punch, you'd go, Oh, whatever, that's a little motherfucker. The problem was when he connected, you would see the soul leave the motherfucker's body. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> right. It like he was yes. like he was hitting you with a twenty five with a fucking burlap sack full of bricks.
2: <laughs> yeah, he might not have been, you know, super quick, but if if he gets a hold of you with one or two, night night. <laughs> and he is not him. Mayweather's claim to fame oh, is
0: he dance and run and stick and move. That he's over. He's forty years old. Yeah, no, get his record. That's why he retired. Chris, keep his record intact.
2: Well, I'll just say this: I had some interest in the fight when I thought it was going to be an MMA fight. I have no interest in the fight if it's a boxing match. I have zero interest in this fight. Like, if it was going to be an MMA match, I might have actually paid for the pay-per-view. Like, and, I've, and I haven't paid for pay-per-view since the days when Tyson was, like, doing those microwave fights, knocking motherfuckers out in 25 seconds, and I just got tired of fucking paying money to see that shit. So I was just like, fuck it, I'll just wait for the highlight. It's only going to take 25 seconds. So, yeah, I, uh, boxing match between those two? No. Yeah, McGregor interested. has to stay on his
1: feet. Good luck, buddy.
2: I mean, don't get me wrong. I think McGregor's a fucking mean, tough motherfucker, and I wouldn't want to see him pissed off at me coming down a dark alley in the middle of the night. But that doesn't <laughs> change the fact that <laughs> I'm not Floyd. Hey, we're Mayweather. not
1: talking about if we're not
0: talking about if we can whoop his ass. <laughs> we're talking about if Floyd <laughs> Mayweather can whoop his ass.
2: That's what I'm saying. I'm not, and Floyd I don't Mayweather. think he can.
0: I, I think Floyd Mayweather fighting McGregor is the same thing as CM Punk going from the WWE to the Octagon.
2: CM Punk got fucked up. Fucked up. Okay, and bro, I, th- right. I, th- Look, I think we've covered this. We've covered this. WWE, they're uh, they're great athletes, but ultimately, they know before they walk in that ring who's going to win that fight and who's not. I mean, it's 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 not every athlete that can go from wrestling to all out fucking brawl combat and make Rock that Lester, transition. Did, and did Shamrock did it. Or did women? Did Shamrock go from MMA? To the WWE? Yeah. Okay, there's okay, so you, do you the see what I'm world's saying? It's a little dangerous bit different. Man. It's a little bit different. Okay, if you come up wrestling, and that's what you've trained your entire life, that is not the same training as you're going through. If you're doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, if you're doing submission holds, if you're doing shit like that. I mean, it's yes, it's, tra- it's, it's, it's not even the same as Roman Gre- Greco wrestling. The wrestling we watch it has nothing to do with... "Quote unquote classical style wrestling." I mean, if you did, if if they did that in the WWE ring, everybody would be going, "What are these fags doing to each other? Trying to fuck each other? Where's gold dust?" They're doing the tail of the tape: Mayweather and McGregor. Mayweather's thirty nine, McGregor's twenty eight,
0: forty nine and zero versus twenty one and three. The reach is seventy two for Mayweather and seventy four for McGregor.
1: Yeah, but it's, I don't know. I'm I'm falling on experience in this one. If it was an MMA fight, I'd I'd call McGregor. Because you have X amount of years experience of MMA fighting, and Mayweather has none. And I'm applying the same principle to if it's boxing, McGregor, you got no boxing experience. Mayweather has tons. Like I just, what, I just, I just don't see this ending well for Conor McGregor.
2: That's what I'm getting at. I mean, it's the same thing. Like you know, I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts, and he talks about he was so happy once Ronda Rousey got her clock cleaned multiple times because. He's like, people were pumping her up to be something she wasn't. Her ground game, he's like, is one of the best. However, if she has to stay on her feet, it's, it, she can't hang with the best. Well, isn't it mixed martial
1: arts and she only uses one?
2: That's what I'm getting at. These guys yeah, train in much. multiple disciplines. You know, boxing is a discipline. If it was a MMA match, all Mayweather's ever trained in is boxing. If, if McGregor could reach into his bag of tricks and pull out anything... He would destroy Mayweather because it's not even the same type of fight. It's the difference between talking about fighting on your feet and rolling around on the ground and, and someone getting you in a submission hold, and you've never been put in one before. I mean, you've been put in an arm bar. Let me tell you something. You tap out real quick if you don't want to fucking lose you know, a couple of ligaments there or have to go into surgery. That shit is no joke. If you've never been choked out... You don't know what the fuck that's like. You think you're dying the first time that shit happens. Alright? Mayweather ain't ever fucking b- fucked with that. Now, if if it is a flat-out boxing match, of course he's got the advantage. And why McGregor would do that, it has to be for a payday and ego. Because he has to know deep down he can't win that match. Well, yeah, but McGregor ain't making
0: shit in, MMA, in the MMA, in the octagon. Well, why would I he mean, not do it?
2: And, I mean, in, in, in 10, 15 years...
1: Well, isn't that his own fault, though? Hasn't he pissed off Dana White a few times?
2: Well, I mean, there's an argument to be made in 10, 15 years. The paydays you see for major boxing matches are going to be the paydays. They're going to slowly move over to MMA. Because, let's be honest, when's the last time anybody in this country gave a fuck about the heavyweight champion in boxing?
1: Uh, 20,
2: 25 years ago. Yeah. Uh And once you get out of the heavyweight division, you start losing fans. Unless you're a fan of the, you know, the the sweet science. Most, most people who are casual fans don't want to sit there and watch two guys beat the shit out of each other for 12 rounds. They want to see the knockouts. They want to see two fucking beast specimens, Nazi genetic experiments, beating the shit out of each other in a ring. You know, that's what they want to see. You know, they want to see the Ali pitcher standing over the guy talking shit. You know, they don't want to see a well-fought and, and technically executed 12 to 15 rounds, you know, or whatever the fuck it is. I don't even fucking know because I'm just a fucking, I'm just a casual fan. If it ain't heavyweight fights, I really don't give a shit. <laughs> but I do know enough about Mayweather to know he'd whoop the shit out of that Irish boy if it's a stand-up fight. I mean, come the fuck up. Uh, man. I don't know about that. I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you. And it's... <laughs> The only, I'm, I'm just flashing back to coming to America. The if he loses, Joe Lewis was 103. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather was 95. <laughs> I ran into Frank Sinatra. He said Floyd Mayweather was 148. <laughs> yeah, Floyd Mayweather <laughs> was 55
1: years old when he fought Conor McGregor.
2: <laughs> Keeps getting older every time you tell the story. <laughs> I don't know, career. if you're talking about movies, it'd be like the great white hype, wouldn't it be? That's what I'm saying. That's the other thing. I've been so fucking poisoned by that movie that I just I just keep flashing back to Damon Wayne sitting there eating ice cream, watching fucking daytime soap operas, going, "My blackness will beat that white boy. <laughs> <laughs> I could beat my meat and his ass at the same time." <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> yup. <laughs> Damn champ, you come up like seven up. Uh, we reap what we sow. It's kinda like uh clothes cover before striking. Yes, yeah. That's a great movie, by the way. If anybody listening has never seen it, go rent the Great White Hype. Fucking hilarious movie. And you're gonna be surprised how many fucking stars are in it. I'm just gonna say that right now. So many stars. Shame Is that Fox.
1: the movie. You ain't my Morrison daddy don't tell in. me what
2: to do. Oh, are you? No, that was Rocky V, dude. That was uh <laughs> Go for it. Oh god, that was such a whore. See, that's that's what I I agree with Eddie Murphy. White people get too much of their boxing knowledge from the movie Rocky. You know, it's it's just, (laughs) you know, it's like they watch a Rocky movie and they get pumped up. Oh, you go, Rocco, you know, and all that bullshit. It's just, those aren't real fights, man. Talk to anybody who's ever stepped in a ring more than a few times and they're going to tell you, you would die if you walked into a fucking fight and tried to fight like they do in the Rocky movies. I mean, it's just, it's fantasy, dude. You know, it's, it's, it's. Fantasy fulfillment for little short Italian guys. their I
3: Z's and shit.
2: <laughs> Apollo
0: Creed tried that shit and died. Come on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry, dude. Anytime you, you have a whole movie whose soundtrack is done by Survivor, I have to question whether I really need to watch that movie ever again. Just saying.
1: <laughs> I'm with you there, sir. <laughs> oh, So... Other than, oh, should we talk – it's your guys' domain. You want to talk about uh, Julian getting uh, signed with Montreal real quick?
2: I was stunned. <laughs> what about you? Who the fuck saw that coming? Nobody.
1: I mean, I I know enough – I don't know much about hockey, but I know enough to know that, that that's a power move, right? I mean, that's, that was a pretty big deal.
2: Uh, that was huge. Yes. I mean, as much as – Aren't the
1: Canadians you, the best team in the league right now? Or was that earlier in the season?
2: They've hit a slump, but you have to remember that the Canadians, as far as the old school NHL goes, are the New York Yankees of the NHL. They just haven't won in a long time. They haven't won since '93.
1: Oh yeah, but if you look, if you if you go back to the beginning of the NHL and you look list Stanley Cup champions, it's like Canadians, Canadians, Canadians. It's yeah, it's yeah. I don't know that much.
2: And the Canadians are a unique franchise. That they got one foot firmly grounded in the French Canadian side, and they got one foot firmly grounded in the English speaking Canadian side. And Michel Turon was, you know, the coach who got fired. That's one of the things he brought up in an interview. That ironically, I didn't. I watched not not that long, a couple weeks ago, where he was talking about. He feels it's one of the best places to be a coach in the NHL. One because of the history, two because of the tradition, and Three, because you really get to know all aspects of the NHL hockey fan. And to be honest with you, I don't know a whole lot about why he's out and Julian's in. I just know I, the minute that Earl sent that and I saw it is when I found out myself. I, I was at work earlier today. I didn't have a chance to do any, you know, much deep research. But it seems to me that they're making a a move, this has got to be a move for the future. This is not a move for this season. I mean, may, maybe it'll end up like the like the 2008-2009 pens where <laughs> Michelle Theron got fired in the middle of the season and then the pens went on to win the fucking cup later in the year. Maybe it'll be that type of thing here. But it seems like this is building for... Because Bergeron's are GM and in Uh, Montreal, and it seems to me he's building for a future, and he wants kind of what the Red Wings have had. He wants the former player, yeah, he wants decades of you know being an elite club instead of just being you know having spikes and valleys, you know. So, I don't know, I don't know why this happened. I really thought, I I thought, I (laughs) I thought Julian was going to end up in fucking Vegas. That, I really thought that. In yeah, fact, I, I did too.
0: I thought I was stunned.
2: At work today, I was talking with uh, the, the the hardcore hockey fans, and you know, we all agreed and said the same thing. And we were like, "Anybody see that coming?" And like, no. And even before we knew he had been hired as the Canadians' head coach, we were all sitting there talking about, out of all the available teams he could go to, Vegas was being probably the one he would. So. It, it it blew the wheels off my cart. That's, you know, needless say right there. I didn't see this coming. We just spent, you know, what, 20 minutes talking about it last episode. Yep. Not at one point did any of us bring up Montreal as a destination for him, especially in the middle of the fucking season. Especially with how well they were doing. I,
0: no. I mean, that, that's kind of a, a Cleveland Cav- Cavalier move. Fire a winning coach.
2: Oh, well, I mean, you Next, know. I'm
0: with Rich. But they didn't they saw, downgrade, though.
1: Maybe they see it's, it's a better move for their future. I mean, that's – because I, I am the casualist of casual hockey fans. I saw that today, and I went, whoa, that's fucking – all right. You know, the rest of the NHL, taking a page from the Trump administration. You're on notice. Like So, yeah part of me was hoping he'd end up in Detroit because I've been reading articles about it's time for, uh, what's his name, Bashir to move on.
2: Like Yeah. Is it? He, he, it, Detroit is, I mean, what, Dave, oh, boy, drew a huge blank, and I can't believe I did it, uh, uh, Major Mustache, who took over for Bowman after Bowman retired uh, uh, here in Detroit. Uh,
1: Oh, uh, Dave. Uh, what the fuck is that guy's name? Um, that's, that's
2: what I'm saying. Lewis, Dave Lewis. Thank you. Uh, you know, they he had a very short leash, and then they brought in Babcock, and Babcock, I think, is kind of like type of coach who's kind of like Jesus in khakis out there in Ann Arbor. He can wear out a welcome real quick. I mean, as much as he's seen as an awesome hockey mind, which he is. He also can wear on players' nerves and lose them. Um, oh, did you do you mention Jesus'
0: khakis? Did you hear what he did? He has a recruit that he was recruiting, and he hired the kid's father as his assistant coach. Uh-oh. It's totally legal.
2: Okay, I was going to say, is this one of them Belichick? I'm not breaking the rules, but I'm straddling them. Yep, that's exactly what he did.
0: That's like holding satellite camps in Florida, shit like that, pisses everybody off. Really, conflict of interest doesn't show up there? No, because his father was a very uh, well-established coach. He coached in the uh, NFL, coached in college. By the way, I I just
2: have to say, were you trying to ooh us with that? I was trying. Uh, That's the weakest ooh I've ever heard. It goes, goes, ooh, but anyway, (laughs) it's...
1: (laughs) But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this card, Earl. I guess conflict of interest could come in. If what if this guy sucks? and doesn't make the team. Now, Grant, if you're being recruited, you probably don't suck. But what if on the off chance this guy isn't good enough to make the team, but still makes it? I, I, dude, we're we're in the. I, I said it four times this podcast. I'll say it again. We are in the. We are in the new butthurt America. All right. You don't. You don't see somebody. You, you don't see this. Even if he is good enough to make the team, probably will. You don't see someone coming out after they're getting cut going, well, this is a bunch of bullshit. His dad's a coach. Of course he's going to make the team. You don't see that coming down the pipe.
0: I, I don't know if it would or wouldn't. At the same time, you guys could read up on it. I think he coached with Harbaugh in, for, in the 49ers. Okay. I, I, I,
2: the reason Earl, it's like, called show I'm prep is just... you tell us before the show, not during the recording of. So. <laughs> Read up on it? Do we want to take a fucking break and come back in 20 minutes? <laughs> well, no, I, no Earl, Swami, I'm, tell us. I'm
1: not no, debating no, whether or not he has the credentials. I'm just saying in our new butthurt America, I could totally see some kid who was told he was going to get recruited and got out-hustled and didn't make the team coming back and making a whole media circus out of this. Well, this kid made the team, and I had better times than him at this, but his dad's a coach, so you know how that guy just – Dude, it's oh, I see it. Blame blame yeah. 2016 for my mindset. All right, because that's no, that's I'm, how I that's see it. from. It's
2: just yeah, I'm right there, and I see I see a rule change coming down the line here. And as as much as it pains me to say this, I like the fact that Harbaugh will pull shit like this, kind of wave his dick in the face of the rule book, and go, "When I break the rule, you can do something about it." but I also see it as it's exploitive. I mean, this is what Belichick is hated for in in a lot of circles in the NFL. But, I mean, on on the flip side, you can go, I guess the other coaches should have done their homework and found the loopholes to exploit the rules just like Belichick did because they've been sitting there forever until the rules didn't get changed until he did it. Anyone else could have done it before him. He's just the first one to fucking do it.
1: Yeah, but I guess, too, there's there's also a delicate balance between going right up to that line and not crossing it and then just flaunting it. And I think that that might be where kind of where Belichick gets himself in some hot water and maybe even out to a certain point after a couple of seasons, Jim Harbaugh, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of it's gone from. I'm not breaking any rules to, you know, to, I guess they're maybe, I don't want to say smug because it doesn't seem like they're smug about it, but like, it's flaunting it. Like, hey, still here, still breaking the rules. We going to do anything about this soon? All right, I'm going to keep going until you tell me not to.
2: Well, I, I know that most Michigan fans, I, I don't know. I, I, would, I would think most Michigan fans would disagree with what I'm about to say. But uh, the shiny newness of Harbaugh has wore off. Okay, It's been two seasons. Yeah. Uh except for a clusterfuck of a fluke of a play, he would have had two wins against Michigan State, but the bottom line is he doesn't have them and he has no wins against Ohio State and he hasn't done shit as far as the college playoff system. Year 3 is shit or get off the pot time, yeah. all right? And
1: it's been for the two coaches prior to him.
2: It it if if there isn't decisive wins over Michigan State or if there's an, isn't a decisive win over Michigan State, a win over Ohio State, and some progress in the playoff system, even just to make it, would be progress. But you have to. I mean, it's kind. It's kind of like how I feel about the Bucks. This year, they got to make the playoffs for it to be a productive season. If they win, it's just gravy on the potatoes, right? But they can't go in and get blown out. If you want to be a player in the national scene, you got to play with the big boys, and the big boys are are are, are not coming out of the Big Ten. Ohio State yep. has has shown that there are chinks in the armor. Michigan State, they're on shaky ground. I'm not going to say they're fucking, they've fallen down a notch. They're young. They, but but yeah, they're on shaky ground, and, and it could, hey, it could go either way. Losses affect teams and programs differently. Some teams rise to the challenge. Some teams get shook by it. It's just all there is to it. Um, if I had to put money on it, I'd say that, 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 Marky Mark ain't gonna let that happen You know He's gonna gonna pull that that fucking team together In that locker room no matter what
1: Yeah I see last year as an aberration I see last you know the exception To the rule I don't think A culture that you spent a decade cultivating Will just evaporate in a
2: year However Harbaugh doing shit like he's doing Is playing with fire And he's standing in a pool of kerosene while he's doing it And Uh, Michael Johnson's the guy I'm talking about just so you know my patience wearing, is wearing thin because the more he does this, the more he's looked at, because he's not, if he was as low-key about it as Belichick is, it'd be one thing. But Harbaugh likes the spotlight, whether he'll ever admit that or not. Harbaugh likes it. That's why he strips his shirt off and throws the ball around when the fucking press is out there and, you know, does interviews and takes him to all the places he grew up in Ann Arbor and talks about what Bo used to tell him and all this shit. He likes all that attention. All right? And that's okay, but there's plenty of coaches who like the attention who never did anything with it. And right now, let's be honest here, it's exactly who I was thinking of, Earl. It's funny you should say that. In football, I was thinking Rex Ryan. But, I mean, right now, what national championship has Harbaugh won? What Super Bowl has Harbaugh won? Nothing.
0: How bad is it that he got beat by his brother? That's terrible. Yeah, but
2: it's bittersweet. Awesome
1: holidays.
0: It's bittersweet. (laughs) My twin brother beat me. (laughs) More awkward
1: holidays in the Manning household until last year.
2: I'm just saying, it's bittersweet, though, because you want your brother to succeed, but you don't want him to succeed at your cost. You know? I mean, if my little brother, for whatever reason, started a, a sports podcast, I'd want it to do well, but I wouldn't want our listeners, Don't her hard listeners. to not take our listeners into his. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, I mean, Earl. It,
1: Rich just uh, made my argument when you asked me about Venus versus Serena. Do you think if they are rooting for each other? Absolutely not. Like I said, it's I have a sister. Rich has got a, a brother. Uh, it's I. I was like, Earl, you sound like someone who does not have a sibling.
2: <laughs> because I, I have nine of them I, you know, he oh does. really
0: damn yeah
2: they they didn't have cable back in the day he's uh, the youngest by the way
1: yeah but no it's just yeah well you know yeah it's family you're always rooting for family but i mean when when it gets down to sibling against sibling man i mean there's just once again we're back to something innate at least in men where it's like i love you but i must crush you
2: Well, yeah, that's why the whole the whole little brother remark stung from Mike Hart because it's the truth. You know, if you're the older brother, every once in a while, you know, your little brother gets the best of you, and you let him, you know, run around with that feeling for a second. And the next time you come out, if you were pulling any punches, you're not now. In fact, you're adding a little bit, you know, more mustard on the punch. And then then when you put him down, you just kind of look at him and go, "Would you look at that?" You know, and just kind of step over him and go on about your day. You know, so. I, I just saw this on the telly. This is going to
0: make Rich do the pouty face. Did you know this country Sidney are you Crosby? in?
2: The telly? Really? Yeah.
0: Did you know <laughs> that Sidney Crosby has one point to go before he reaches a thousand points?
2: Yeah, and Ovechkin's already done it. Andy's not a pussy, so yeah. <laughs> yeah congratulations. I guess when the. When the entire league has to, you know, slant the rules in your favor, you can succeed. Yeah. Are you calling
0: Sidney Crosby
2: LeBron James of the NHL? Yes. I'm. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It, it would not have shocked me if Trump had said, "Grab him by the Crosby instead of pussy." Oh <laughs> god! Shots fired. I, I mean, look, look. He, he's a very talented player, but he's a punk. He's a bitch. I mean, there's just all there is to it. Even Gretzky would stand up for himself when he, and and you know when Crosby stands up for himself, people are like, "Oh, look at it he's doing it and it's like no he's do you know how many of his teammates he's made fight because he would go instigate shit and then run and hide behind somebody Gretzky never did that. The rule was you don't touch Gretzky and if you did that's what mcsorley was there for that's what bossy or not bossy uh, <laughs> that was your ass too <laughs> you know, but you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying that's what that's what his that's what those guys were there for gretzky wasn't going around instigating shit and skating off that's what Probert was for you do not touch dby you just no. don't don't do it <laughs> it's it's not going to be healthy for you because if you get through probert now you got coasters crazy ass to deal with it's all over, <laughs> and that motherfucker would crack people's helmets with punches. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, it's just that's Crosby's just a bitch, man. He's a punk. I don't know what else to say. He he wants to be a Barnaby type player when he thinks he can get away with it, but he won't back it up. You know, people say Steve Ott is 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 a is a bitch and a pussy, and Otter does have a little bit of a bitch in him. I, I'll I'll admit that. But the thing is, Ott will stand up for himself after he starts the shit. Once he gets to a certain point, he realizes, oh, shit. And here's the thing. He doesn't go, oh, shit, I better do something. He realizes that he's pushing it to that point. Crosby pushes it to that point and goes, oh, shit, I better skate the fuck away. But where are you going, bitch? You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't start with no foreplay if you don't <laughs> want to fucking feel my titties. Come here. You know, I got something for that ass. Come here. I'm going to run them cheeks, bitch. Come here. You know, I mean, it, he's... What is that? Remember that uh, cartoon, Hanna-Barbera cartoon, where it was the big bulldog and the little dog hopping around? Yeah. That's Crosby. Yeah. That's Crosby. We're going to get him. What are we Spike? doing today, Spike?
0: Come on, Spike. We're going to get him, Spike. We're going to get him, Spike.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. So, whatever. Yeah. I mean, God, if for whatever ungodly reason, he ends up on the Red Wings at some point,
1: no. No, I well, can't. send ended up a wing, so exactly. Chelios,
2: one team he would never play for when he was on Chicago was Detroit. And he ended up in Detroit.
1: And there is, there is such bad blood as I do a beer nuts podcast Saturdays here at Christopher media.net. Uh, one of the guys to do the show with he's born a race outside of Chicago, dude, <laughs> get him going on Chelios, man. It, it, he is not kind. Uh, he, he straight up calls him a sellout bitch. You know, you sold your soul. I'm like, yeah, he got a couple cups out of it, so did he really sell his soul?
2: I was just saying. <laughs> Here's the thing. For as much as Chelios was loved in Chicago when he came to Detroit, I think he knew that he had pretty much burned that bridge. He didn't burn it. He, oh, he, 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 he 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 nuked that motherfucker.
1: Yeah, He poured so the he, gas on it himself.
2: He made damn sure, outside of his family and close friends in Chicago, because that was the only people that were going to love him, that he made himself beloved in Detroit, and he did.
0: Yeah, but the whole Chicago the Blackhawks organization
2: uh, blew out.
0: It wasn't just Chris Chelios.
1: Yeah, but I remember when I was a kid, though, man. I mean, he was fucking like public enemy number one when the when the Wings played the Hawks. So And when he, when he got signed to Detroit, that was. I mean, that was huge. That Ch- was fucking huge.
2: Chelios was like a Darian Hatcher, Keith Kachuk, Rick Tockett, those type of players and just if old they, school. If they played for your team, you loved them. And if they played for a team that wasn't yours, you loved to hate them. I mean, it's it's really what it came down to. Because I remember I Earl, I remember sitting in Andy Flayton's basement watching Chicago and Detroit play each other. And someone, I can't remember who it was, cuz there was like 10 of us down there around that fucking little 19-inch TV he had watching the game and someone said (laughs) what would what would you do if if chelios ended up the red wing and we all laughed our ass off and said that's never gonna happen this is 1995 i remember clear as day or excuse me 96 so not clear as day clear as a foggy day and we were like oh that's never gonna happen come the fuck on man chelios on the red wings yeah because
0: i was said yeah because i said that Belfour would have to come then yeah,
2: exactly and we laughed our asses off at it but here's the truth when he came to detroit we loved his ass we loved him and you don't think dallas hated Belfour when he was in chicago when Belfour's ass ended up in dallas oh they loved his ass so come on man
1: yeah i mean didn't we do the same with Hasek? i mean what no we, what Hasek
2: he, wasn't hasik wasn't in he was in the east and we were in the West at that point. It was just Hasek is so yeah, aloof. Yeah, he was so aloof and he's such a strange guy that I think we looked at him like, that's a strange motherfucker. I didn't like he,
0: Hasek when he played for the wings. But but damn he can tend goal. Oh,
2: see uh-huh. Yeah. Uh uh You gonna tell me Hasek's not one of the best goaltenders ever? Oh, hell no. You're on every, fucking drugs. Oh no. that motherfucker every time Look a puck shot at him. Look at your couch. Is it trying no. to eat you? Shut up. <coughs> All right. I'm just I'm no. make sure. Every time a puck was shot at
0: that motherfucker, he tried to do a backflip to save it. It was a simple puck fucking blocker saying. And no he, did.
2: Flip. he was he was he was if you want to put it in a, in in a pissy terms, he had an awkward style. If you want to put it in polite terms, he had a unique style. It's the difference between crazy and eccentric. Poor people are crazy, rich people are eccentric. He was successful, so he had an awkward style. That's it. Or, excuse me, a unique style. Okay. I can't argue. He, he won.
0: Good guy. Great. Moving on. No, I don't like him.
2: <laughs> well, don't like him. It's, I'm right there with you, man. So how I feel about Patrick Waugh. I mean, if you want to get right down to it, that's how I felt, felt about fucking Cujo. You know? But when hey, he man. came here, I thought he got a raw deal in Detroit. He did everything he could fucking do. He just didn't have the team in front of him that that that, that Hasek and Osgood and Vernon had had in front of him. What do you you know? Bottom line, doesn't mean Cujo was a bad fucking goalie. Meanwhile, there's a hockey fan listening going, "Cujo, who the fuck are you talking about?" Curtis Joseph. Curtis Joseph. <laughs> I don't know who Cujo is. Then
1: you're not a hockey fan.
2: Exactly. What do you wrong? Podcast for you. I could do this all day, Felix Cat. <laughs> Mhm. The bees are yeah,
0: but the bees are right. But uh, no, the entire Chicago Blackhawks team flaked out. Ronick went to Phoenix. Chelios went to uh, Detroit. Balfour went to San Jose. Stopped off at Toronto for a minute, and then ended up in Dallas. Yep.
1: Uh, so is that, that, well, I mean, wasn't that just the, the the front office blowing the team up, going, "We've gone as far as we can with this group. Let's, let's it
2: start was. over." Yeah, absolutely. It was bad ownership at that point. I mean, they sent Amante to Calgary. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You know, I mean, it was... The 90s were a dark period for fucking Chicago Blackhawks. And what's ironic is they started that decade (laughs) as cup cup contenders, yeah. They went to the
0: cup versus the, the Penguins in what,
2: 92? Yeah, Yeah, and they ended it as pretty much... The joke of that fucking division, you know, and I I think their biggest claim to fame in the last season of the decade was they were the last away team to play uh, at Toronto's old home stadium before they tore it down. And just to just just to prove that uh, I can always bring it back to Probert. He scored the last goal there. But anyways, thanks, (laughs) (laughs) Madden. Anyways, there's. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris.
1: Well, I just say I remember being there when I was a little kid, early '90s. Man, you wanted Probert, Chelios. Oh, that, you went not got the popcorn. Like, oh, oh this, yeah, it's going to take a minute. Well, if it's going to be if,
2: good, if you look at if you look at it, there was a lot of when when Grimson came to to Detroit, Probert went to Chicago. All they did was exchange for enforcers. No, yeah. The difference was is that Prober could still score, and Grimson spent a whole season with the Red Wings and never got a fucking goal. <laughs> so, I don't even think he was fed a pass. <laughs> I mean, he just, just whooped ass for the whole season. And literally <laughs> the only reason he was, was it, on the ice was to fight, yes.
1: Wasn't his nickname like the Grim Reaper or something like that?
2: That's yes, incredible.
1: sir. Because all he fucking did?
2: Yes, sir.
0: Wow, apparently I was a bigger hockey fan when I was a kid. <laughs> number, it's, number that you know what though chris it's not that it's that was the day and and back to the 90s as far as the 90s i think you can do that me and rich could sit here and name goalies forwards uh but we could also do it with uh uh football players and some baseball teams whole teams to today's sports, you can't do that. You can't name, like, great players, great matchups. Like, what, that's why I asked you earlier today, what's the what's the big thing with Martin and, and McQuaid? Why is that fight huge? Because that didn't resonate with me as two huge enforcers going at it. That, but that, back then, that would have been like, I guess, as what you were saying, Rich, is something like, you know, you know Probert and Domi.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Martin's considered a heavyweight, and uh, dude, three hundred and eighty-five and three hundred and eighty-two hits in a season is nothing to sneeze at. That motherfucker's throwing the body around recklessly. I mean, that's just that dude. That dude's a bowling ball out there, and he's six three, two twenty. I mean, so he's got the, you know, the the tail of the tape. He's 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 in what would have been considered the heavyweight division back in the day. It's just. The heavyweight division back in the day was producing, you know, Stu Grimson, Bob Probert, you know, Koser, who was what listed as six one, so that probably means he's actually five eleven, but the motherfucker hit like a fucking brick shit house, you know, Scott like Parker, a jackhammer,
0: as he called it.
2: Yeah, you know, Marty McSorley, you know, Jeff Bookaboom. I mean, you know, it just yeah. players that that you know you didn't want to, you didn't, you know, if you had to play them that day. You didn't get a good night's sleep the night before, like, oh fuck, Jesus, am I going to have to fight this motherfucker? Ice you in know, your hands before the game and shit. I mean, you know, yeah, McSorley, McSorley. Excuse me, McCarty said it himself in his in his autobiography. He said, "I was I never considered myself a heavyweight. I always considered myself a light heavyweight at best." You know, play. He he had a few stories about young and up up and coming guys like Donald Prashear coming up to him. Or, excuse me, going up to Probert and saying, let's go, Proby. And Proby was like, oh, please, you got to go through Dmac first. Get the fuck out of my face. You better skate away, boy. <laughs> you know, like, you're like shit, you better fight McCarty first and see if you can even fucking, you don't want this. You don't want this. Like they you know? said about,
0: you know, the son's first fight, you don't want to fight the father. You don't want to go, D.L. Hughley said that. You don't want me as your first fight. Shit, you know, you want us to take some warm-ups.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's just, yeah, the reason it was a big fight, to, I'm guessing, as a, an isolated hockey fan, because I don't have hockey fans surrounding me who are all about the league, and so I can talk about hockey, you know, all the time, is because Martin got his belt wrong, dude. He got, he got taken off his feet. Bad. And he got right crossed huge by McQuaid. So, I mean, like I said, rematch, motherfucker. You know? I mean, it's... That was what made Probert and Domi. That's what made Domi, is that initial fight at the beginning of the season with Probert and the rematch at the end of the season. Yeah, Domi didn't want any part of the rematch, though.
1: Earl, man, I will give it up to you about it. doesn't seem like you have any of that star power in the NHL anymore. Because i got a fantasy hockey team. i got a fantasy basketball team. Fantasy basketball team, I've heard of most of my team. I've heard of most of the people I've drafted onto my team. The only people I've heard of on my fantasy team are Patrick Kane and the Sadines. Everyone else, I'm like, who the fuck are these
0: people? I've never heard of them before. Right. And, but I mean, not just, you know, scorers, Patrick NHL. Kane's technically old as fuck. Right. I'm, I'm Well, so is Yami Yager, but that fucker could still play. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Rich and I could sit here all night and talk about enforcers, talk about the greatest goalies, the greatest scorers, the greatest defensemen. You can't do that in today's NHL because there isn't any. You can't, like this Martin and McQuaid thing, you know, y- y- there that used to be, you know, one for every two teams. You knew that these two were going to fight. You knew that these goalies were going to have a save fest and it was going to be a, a one nothing or a 2-1 game. You, know, you knew this guy was going to get the puck w- with seconds left and try to send in an OT. The, you, you know today's nhl just doesn't have that
1: and i can even argue the home team if they weren't on the 08 team i fucking i'd have no idea who's wearing a red wing sweater nowadays
0: it's, well too it's been such a revolving
1: cast as well but still i mean it's if they're well, not with, from 08
2: with Blashill with with blashel having come up through uh, the griffins you know he's he's he has brought up more of the youth movement um but I mean, ultimately, none of these guys are standout players. I mean, it's just you know, Dylan Larkin is an excellent hockey player, but he's not mentioned in the same breath as uh, oh boy, wow, you, you guys are proving my point. I'm sitting here. I almost said Conor McGregor, but I know it's he. He ain't strapping on no fucking skates anytime soon. Oh shit, this Get is out of Toronto, right? Yeah, and then uh, homeboy out of uh, out of Edmonton, and I mean, the, you see what I'm saying? Like, right. here's the deal: the <laughs> younger, the younger hockey fans are sitting here. You going, well, that's because you're old and you're out of touch. No, these guys aren't the same as the players we grew up with. Do you understand a hundred plus point seasons for guys like Iserman and Gretzky, and and Lemieux and Yager was nothing to them. 100 points was, an, was a below-average season, all right? Now the top scorer in the league is sitting somewhere around 60 points. We'll pass the fucking All-Star game. 60 points, guys. Top scorer. And take Gretzky out of the equation because he was a freak in nature. I understand that. We'll never, most likely never in our lifetime see again the likes of 200-plus points c- coming from one person on the ice anymore. But it's just no one's capturing the... This is it in my mind. No one's capturing the imagination and making people go, "Holy shit, look at this guy!" They pushed Crosby as that guy, and the people who really were really really looking for a savior for the in the NHL bought into it early in his career. But ultimately, he's not it. It's 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 kind of yes, Crosby came in a few years after James did into the NBA, but it, you know, they pushed James to be the new Michael Jordan but he's never been the new Michael Jordan. There's only one Jordan. They push Crosby to be the new Gretzky, but there's only one Gretzky. You know, and right, I'm sorry, I'm ahead. go ahead.
1: Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. Attention, Chris, because I might take some shit from this comment. You could argue they've turned the NHL into the WNBA. Hey, look at all these great fundamentals. Yeah, it's great, but it ain't exciting. It's not fun to watch. There's no standouts.
2: I mean, as much as it irks me to agree with that, because you're talking about the NWA, N- N-
1: W-N-B-A? Right.
2: Or have, yeah. what, about it? <laughs> what did I say? N-W-A? <laughs> ice Cube that shit up in this motherfucker. <laughs> I'd K- Dr. Dr. rather, rather see Ice Cube, DJ Yella, MC Ren, all of them on the ice than half the fucking teams. Guys on the ice, I see. There is. We'll stuff. talk because that'd be much more fun to watch and try to stand up. But no, I I gotta get... Yeah, There's some validity to it. I get a
0: better fight out of it.
2: And listen, listen, I know that the younger guys are sitting here because I'm members of Facebook groups and, you know, I go to websites where it's the, the, you know, the younger guys are running it and it's, you know, the NHL. But this is, to me, part of the danger of these are all people who are part of the, I grew up with the internet. And for whatever reason, ironically, they have no sense of history. If it didn't happen in their lifetime, they don't care. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, what Chris and I were going back and forth the other night about about hip-hop. You know, if it's over five years old, it's considered dated and old school. And it, there's no sense of history in, in the art form. And in the NHL these days, it's like, we don't want to hear about that shit. You know, I mean, the the NHL... Starting with the with the outdoor games on New Year's Day, started naming for their hundred year anniversary the best hundred players in the game in the history of the game. No one's hardly anything's being made of it. When the NBA did the best fifty players, motherfuckers were 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 shitting themselves over it and arguing over it. And you know, NFL does it every year. Top one
0: hundred players in the league.
2: Well, current players, yeah, but we're talking all time. But still, yes, even then, even the NFL doesn't even have to dip their toe into the all-time pond because they can just argue about the, con- the current players. That's what I'm getting at. And I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that a lot of these guys that I'm talking about, the younger fans, don't remember a time when you could turn on ESPN and watch a hockey game almost every night of the—between ESPN and ESPN2, watch a hockey game on one of those two stations. Well, moreover, I, though— and it didn't have nhl tonight growing up that that was done and over with by the time they started becoming fans yeah but so you can moreover, argue
1: that,
0: it's, Go ahead.
1: let's see you no, earl you tried to go, go you go first
0: it's it, moreover there were times and and many times of mine in your life rich where we scheduled to watch certain games and it didn't necessarily have to be red wings it just chicago right it it, it it was, there's going to be a fight and we're not going to miss this. There's Like I t- was talking to Chris, there's going to be a save fest and this is going to be a fucking amazing game. You know, there were goalie matchups that you wanted to see. There were fight matchups. There were this and that that you would actually make time. You would know this game is on this day. We're doing nothing but this game.
2: Yep. And I remember going it, over to your uncle's house and watching a, a Flyers Rangers game. Right. N- neither of us and none of our friends had any stake in either of those teams, except for the fact that we just wanted to see that game because those were two teams that didn't like each other and were hot at the moment. I mean, it as was far hot. as the standings, and yeah, they were going. It was going to be a sick, It was going to be a battle. It was going to be a war on the ice. You know, these and, younger
1: fans too. If you didn't grow up in an original sick city, and I'd even say now New York's probably on the fence. Uh, hockey has been. Uh, like the ugly stepchild of the of pro sports to you your whole life. You've never seen it on network TV. You've never seen it on ESPN. It's been something that you've had to hunt down. It, it, it's, it's, it, it's not as widely as, as, accepted, or maybe it's not just being pushed as much as it was when we
3: were kids.
2: Yeah. And a lot of that goes back to the, oh, this, this horse isn't even dead. It's just dust and bones for me. lot of that goes back to their GM to the, no not the GM the commissioner of the fucking league, and the fact that uh, some owners love him and other owners tolerate him. And ultimately, when you look at Gary Bettman's record, what the fuck has he done for the league? It's It's dropped in popularity. He insists on trying to expand into areas that have no historical interest in hockey. And what interest they do have fades quickly unless a winning product is miraculously put in their lap which i make this argument colorado wouldn't have been shit if the red wings hadn't lit up fucking wah for fucking nine goals to the point where when he finally got pulled he looked he walked right over to the owner and general manager of the montreal canadians and said this was my last game ever wearing this jersey trade me and they traded him to colorado cuz before that colorado's fucking goaltender was Jocelyn Thibault on nobody. They wouldn't have had that fucking cup run, the, the cup run they did if it wasn't for Wah. So you can't say him moving the Nordiques from Quebec to Colorado was a good move, and he, he deserves credit for that. No. No. If it wasn't for Wah refusing to fucking play for Montreal anymore in that trade, Colorado would have been another Atlanta Thrashers. That's it. Bottom line.
1: Yeah, and you know it's I'd beat this this horse to death too hes he's ignoring markets where hockey's probably a home run, no hockey team in Wisconsin. there's one hockey team in New England, but yeah, we got to put one in Phoenix that's emerging money you you have an expansion team going in the yeah hockey I'm sure hockey's super big in the desert, dip shit like mean, yeah meanwhile you can't tell me Green Bay or Milwaukee can support a hockey team. You can't tell me there can't be another hockey team in New England.
0: I, I have to say, Rich. I have to say, it's it's Bettman because it's league wide. It, I can name two forwards that are or three forwards that I could think are are huge, and one of them's old as fuck. You know, o- Ovechkin, Crosby, and Yager. Yager's mm-hmm. forty four years
2: old. Yep.
0: And Ovechkin and Crosby ain't that young anymore either.
2: Nope. Uh, you know, they're part of the old guard now.
0: And and you were talking about how how Wah at Colorado, but I was thinking at the same time I can name fucking players on Colorado that helped him win.
2: But what I'm getting at is that they weren't winning in in Quebec and they weren't winning in Colorado like they were until Wa got there.
0: No, I got you. But at the same time, my what I'm saying is oh, is, you could is, name players, yeah, right. Forrest yeah, Brown, I Ractic. oh Rich. yeah, and heard. Richie. Oh damn, yeah, Richie. We Ooh. group, you know. Ooh. Oh God, Huey Croup, that defenseman number five. Do you Adam see what Deadline. I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I remember his number. He came and played for the Wings too. Yeah, that was a
2: clusterfuck. I know it was, but Claude Lemieux. <laughs> yeah, well, and he came from Jersey the year before. Twenty number twenty-two. <laughs> I you only know, know
0: that because McCarty held it up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I, it's 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 a sad state of affairs, and something that I've just had to to learn. In the last couple hockey seasons, since I've been doing the show, is it just doesn't hold my interest like it did back then. And a lot of people would say, "Well, that's because you're older and all your heroes aren't in the game anymore." There might be something to that. I'm not going to deny that, but it's not the it's not the determining factor why it doesn't hold my interest. You know, I put a game on these days, and I, I'm like, "All right, it's not fun I, to watch." I pay I, it's background thing. I, you know, I pay attention when. Uh, if you've watched hockey, you know that there's a certain style to the announcers, and when their voice goes into that, and it's no up and you can hear the tension building in your voice, that's when I start paying attention. You know, and it, the yeah. the irony is, is that they bitch and complain that the, the '90s brand of hockey was boring to watch because of the neutral zone trap and the left wing lock, and they say that the '80s brand of hockey they can't play anymore, but that was a wide open end-to-end game that you would see compared to what they have nowadays, and they've removed all the clutching and grabbing, quote-unquote, that slowed the game down in the 90s. And as as they've implemented all these rules to supposedly open the game up, scoring has went down.
1: It's boring. You could argue that the, the least exciting of the Red Wing Cup winners was 2008, as far as to watch. Definitely. it's it. Yeah, it, it's not, I mean... I guess if you're a hockey like purist and love of the game, I mean, I guess it could be fun to watch as far as from a finesse standpoint, from you know, guys being masters of their craft. But I mean, let's let's be real here, guys. One of the reasons we watch sports is for excitement. All right? There's a reason the Detroit shock folded, all right? There's a reason the WNBA don't have a network contract. It's not exciting to watch, and that's what's happened with hockey. So Rich, you've at least let me know that. It ain't me, it's the game. You know, I thought it was just me maybe being a Fairweather fan, but I mean, it's, I'm mean, i hearing some corroboration, and the, the game ain't fun to
0: watch anymore.
2: The problem well, is the people that think it's fun to watch now are going are gonna to go, it's just, it's just get off my lawn, old people bitching.
0: But you make a point, Rich. Our heroes are no longer in the game, and that's true. And you're right, there is something to that. At the same time, give me another hero. Belfour didn't start out to be my hero when I first started hockey. Watching hockey. He he didn't. But I just loved his butter his butterfly style. I loved the hawk the, the eagle on his helmet. And I loved the way he played. He was a no bullshit goaltender. If he could fuck with you, he would, you know. So what if he racked you with his blocker? Oh, you get a blocker to the back <laughs> of the head and a heart <laughs> Yes, I'm saying. You know. Give me some of that. I have none of that. I don't have a goalie that I could go, oh, yeah, right there. Score on him, I dare you. You know, Belfour saved 51 pucks one game. One game, 51 shots, and still lost the game because there was 52 shots taken. You know, that is just awesome in any stretch of anybody's imagination. Nobody in today's league can do that. You know, even when we talk NASCAR, it's boring. You go straight, you turn left, you go straight, you turn left. Even people that think it's boring watch specific races. I talked about this last podcast. The the Daytona 500, you're going to watch it. It's the Super Bowl of racing. They have it at the beginning of the season. I don't know why, but they do. Uh, the, the Brickyard, you're going to watch that. Um, Talladega, you're going to watch that because you know that there's going to be so big fucking wrecks. Has NASCAR changed the rules and made it more safe? Absolutely have. Put barriers in, put the halos on, restrictor plates, a whole bunch of things. But people still watch because there's going to be wrecks. And they know which races are going to be tough to win, which races are going to be exciting to watch, and that's the one they watch. There's no exciting game in the NHL. It's like... Oh,
2: sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to change subject, so go ahead and finish your thought.
0: Well, it's just, you know, it's like... Right now, if you say the Penguins lost, you don't go. Well, what happened to Crosby? What happened to Malkin? What? Are you, you go. Oh, okay. And, and you turn the page. It's just there. There's no shock factor. There's no awe factor. There's just pretty much not a factor to me.
2: And yeah, well, that pretty much sums up, I think, how all three of us feel about the topic. Um, one last thing as we're rounding the home stretch here. Uh, I can't believe none of us have brought this up before now. Kevin Durant's turn, uh, return and uh, playing against OKC. Yep. Saw it. What the fuck oh. was that about? Can you explain the cupcake thing to me? It's, why people were wearing cupcake shirts?
1: People being bitches. It's like, look at where they're located, Rich. You, you might have a little bit of the, the Make America Great Again attitude with that cupcake thing.
2: Well, is that what they were trying to call him? Because by the end of the game, his teammates were wearing cupcake. Te- Durant's teammates were wearing the shirts.
1: Oh, they reappropriate it?
2: That's what I'm saying, yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. They were kind of like cupcake what, you know? And, uh, I mean.
1: <sighs> Man, I don't, I don't begrudge Kevin Durant for doing what he did, all right? I, I wanted to bring this up when we were talking about King.
0: Oh. Yeah, I I look at it this way.
1: God damn it. Sorry about that. Okay. So I wanted to bring it up when we were talking about King James is you know, Kevin Durant only really got shit from people in Oklahoma City. All right. He didn't get shit from everybody else because he didn't he didn't fucking do it in a in a grandiose manner. He didn't he didn't you know he didn't have a half hour special he didn't be like, This is some bullshit. I want to go to a winning team. He just fucking signed and went, Hey man, they got a chance to win. I want to win. I'm not getting any younger. And that's what he did. And I just think yeah, I just I found those shirts were fucking dumb. Well
2: like, let's, let's 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 <laughs> let's pause for a second and actually look at the history of Kevin Durant. He's drafted in two thousand seven by the Seattle Supersonics, who then moved to Oklahoma City and they became the OKC Thunder. He only left after last season ended. Didn't that man fucking put his time in with that team? I'd say he did. I mean he yeah. stuck through I a, a relocation. He stuck through a relocation. He obviously had to resign. He gave him what, eight years? Nine years? Yeah, nine yeah.
0: years. He gave him almost a decade. Well, I'm we sure. just talked about it, Rich. It's the same as Chris Chelios
2: when he defected to
0: Detroit. Everybody in Chicago was like, What the fuck, Chris? Fuck you. You sell out, you piece of shit.
2: I mean, I guess it's just to me. It's like if Megatron had signed with another team, namely a team or Barry Sanders, who or or Sanders, you know, namely a team who has a chance of winning a championship, like a very good one. If you're fans of that man, you wouldn't you go? You know what, dude? He did everything he could do here.
0: Good August. I you- would.
1: I would not have been mad at Calvin Johnson. I would not have been mad at all. I mean, like, What's man, you supposed to do? Yeah,
2: Are you supposed to piss away your entire career to stay loyal? Because let well, me tell you something. Wait, we did we did do that with uh, Chris. Give me a new. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> we did do that with Indama and Sue. Yeah, but Sue, okay, Sue didn't even last over half a decade here. And on top of that, Sue's sister back in 2013 was tweeting. Two more years and we're out of this shithole, or or excuse me, she didn't say shithole. Two more years and we're out of this. I can't remember the exact term she used. It, trying to be cryptic, but basically saying two more years and we're not no longer have to. You know, we no longer have to be in Detroit.
1: And Duran also had a better reputation with his hometown than Sue did. Sue was a, you know, Sue was a divisive guy. Whether in in Detroit, you either loved him or you hated him. You know, Kevin Durant generally was loved in OKC.
2: Exactly.
1: But, too, I mean, it's, I can't, why are you going to argue, Rich, just piggybacking on your point here, it may have been a league a decade, all right? The final act may not have started yet, but you, we're in the middle of the intermission, all right? It's going to be starting soon. I mean, guys, guy's got to be pushing 30 at this point.
2: If so. we're writing in the screenplay, we're, yes, we're in the beginning of the third act. Third and final okay. act,
1: yes. Well, how long is he supposed to wait? Well, that's you what know, I'm saying. A lot of these guys are competitors, man. So a lot of these guys, it ain't about loyalty. It's about winning.
2: Well, let's be honest here. If Durant wasn't bringing enough to the table for OKC, do you think they'd hold on to him just out of loyalty? Or do you think they'd move him if they thought they could get some fucking no. prospects or something better than him?
0: Oh, I think they'd move him in a hurry.
2: Exactly. If,
0: if it was reversed, they'd fucking, yeah, they'd cut ties with him in a heartbeat.
2: You know, when Max Scherzer Scherzer left Detroit for for Washington, he actually took out a full-page ad and some billboards thanking the city and the fans of the Tigers and Detroit. And to me, that tells me all you need to know. It wasn't about the fans or the city. It's nothing personal. It's the fact that, look, your franchise has already peaked and is now on the downside of the hill, and I have a chance to go make better money than you guys can afford to pay me with a team who has a bigger upswing.
1: Yeah. That's why I wasn't mad at Max. And you know what, too? I wasn't mad at Ben Wallace either. I think Ben Wallace saw the writing on the wall. You know, Ben Wallace saw, like, we're on the downturn. I'm not getting any younger. Chicago is just floating this incredible amount of money at me that I would be a fool to say no to. And I got my championships, so fuck yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And the same thing with Shur- I was more mad at the Tigers for not paying than ben- I wasn't even mad at Max Scherzer. I was mad at the Tigers for going, man, really? You're not going to ante up to keep that rotation going? All right. Good luck with that. And, well, we know we know where we're at now.
0: And, and I'm sure there's people in OKC that feel the exact same way about Durant. But for the majority, when you get there and it's your first game back, you know, yeah, they're going to boo.
2: See, to me, the only thing I guess I can compare it to locally is Sergey Fedorov. When Fedorov left after the 2003 season. Didn't he go to the Kings? Uh, close. He went to the ducks and then he ended up on the blue jackets. Even when he was on the blue jackets and they would play here in Detroit, every time he touched the puck, the fans would boo. Now people were like, why would you do that to Sergey? Look what he did for Detroit. Here's the thing. He held that team hostage twice over contract negotiations. Did Duran ever do that to OKC? No. Okay. I mean, you know, I referenced it earlier. He almost missed an entire season at one point. Because Carolina made a, you know made an offer and the wings had to match it, and then he finally came back when the wings did match it you know and you can argue that they overpaid but let's be honest they got two more cups out of the situation so really I guess they didn't. but holding people you know holding a team and a city hostage, which I mean this is hyperbolic language to use ultimately because it's sports, but in the realm of sports is what he was doing over a contract to me is more of a reason to be like man fuck that guy than Kevin Durant ever gave his former team. 9 years, dude, 9 years. One relocation. You know, the, the, and and he I mean, hasn't he always been gracious? Isn't this the you're the yep. real MVP guy? You could argue too
1: that at any whether you play basketball or you shovel fucking shit, isn't every day an audition for a, your job to keep you and B, for you to keep, for keep wanting to stay where you work You know, in the kind of give and take relationship. In every day your job's got to prove to you that you want to keep it and you got to prove to them they want to keep you. I. And in Durant's situation, hey man, I gave you a decade. I would like a ring before I finally stop playing basketball. You know, I have an opportunity here to go with a team that it's, I don't know, man. It, it too, it didn't seem like well, unless you were in Cleveland, it didn't seem like LeBron got shit on him that much when he went to Miami. But then again, he has a different standard than everybody else. But, and that's, well, that's I mean, not
2: just him. That's the media and
1: fans too.
2: He was despised in Cleveland. I can tell you this. There wasn't that much vitriol towards fucking Shaq when he left fucking Orlando. No, uh, fuck no. All right. In fact, a lot of Orlando fans were like, I'm pissed to see him go, but I don't blame him. Right. I blame the team. And I mean, if you look back at that team, he had okay. They did. They did their best to build that team into a champion. I mean, he had Penny Hardaway next to him. I mean, granted, he didn't, but he just ran up against the mid '90s Bulls dynasty. I mean, you can't fuck with that. You're talking about maybe one of the best dynasty in any sports and ever. Of course, everybody else is also rans. You know, uh, you can't. And 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 like. <sighs> Florida isn't known for its level-headedness, Right? There's a Come reason on. there used to there, There's a reason there used to be a a, a a bit on Loveline called Germany or Florida, where they'd read crazy stories, and you never knew which one it came from. Oh, it's still around. Oh, it's it on is on the Adam
1: Carolla show, and I think uh, Conan stole it as well. Some okay. somebody on Late Night did steal it.
2: Well, I know my brother still lives in Florida, and I just heard a story that a dude went through the Wendy's drive-through. They got his order wrong. He pulled back through and threw an alligator. Through the fucking drive through window in, inside because they got his order. Okay. And here's you get the thing. Florida
1: immediately when I heard alligator.
2: Well, I mean, but no, no, no. But I mean, to me, I'm just like, I'm not even shocked. That's just Florida. And I graduated down there. I lived down it's
1: kinda, there. That's you know? kind of how I felt the other day when they talked about that guy in Detroit who walked into, what is it, the KFC or Wendy's and set himself on fire. Yeah, that's Detroit. All right. That yeah. <laughs> didn't bat an eye. I was like, next? You know. Yeah
2: more more surprised it wasn't a, a Coney Island but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no i just uh, to me uh, maybe because i'm not a i am the most casual of casual basketball fans i just didn't get it and uh, you know the fact that you know of course golden state was like oh you you want to boo well <laughs> we're going to give you something to boo about you know oh and yeah it, they did yeah buddy i mean you know uh, <laughs> There's a point where it's like, okay, you can stop slapping me in the face with your dick. I'll just suck it. And I think I think Golden State brought OKC to its knees and made them do that. So, you know, that's just that's the most casual, casual fans take on the situation.
0: Here, here you go, Rich. What if he made a mistake
2: and they don't win? Who Golden State? Yep. I think it's he only I think it's only tarnished if OKC wins Well he's still That's playing. not going to happen. I think I think that would be the only way that tarnishes his decision. Um. Because ultimately he made, I mean, let's be honest, who, who do you, you know, I know that the term eyeball test tends to get looked down upon, but given the eyeball test, what team do you think has a better chance of winning a championship during the rest of his career? Uh, Cleveland? No smart-ass. Out of Golden State and OKC.
0: Oh, OKC's got a lot of issues right now.
2: They're not uh-huh. coming. So basically you just told me Golden State. So.
0: to win it all this year, I'm just saying if they fail to win and they went out and spent all this money for KD. I mean, I, mean, I think they both kind of look, uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it, OKC is
1: one Russell Westbrook injury away from being an also random irrelevant. Uh, you know, you could Clay Thompson, Curry, or KD could go down, not all at the same time, but one of the three could go down. They'll still be all right.
0: Well, yeah. Cause they got a lot more than that. I mean, <laughs> Draymond Green. Well, that's what
1: I'm saying, but if, if <laughs> <Jerome
0: Igala. laughs> I'm just saying if, West,
1: if Russell Westbrook gets injured, OKC is fucked. You are not making the playoffs. You, you know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. It's, I I don't think Kevin Durant will regret his decision. Yeah, I'm with even you if there. They, even if they don't win, they'll go. F- I, I think as long as he goes farther than Oklahoma, that's all he cares about. I mean, granted, he cares about winning, but if you know if they make it to the conference finals and OKC goes out in the first round, it's going to be, hey, right decision right here.
0: Well, well him, and OKC, him and OKC went to the conference finals last year.
1: Yeah, but how many years have they done that? I think that's one of the reasons why he moved. I mean, the last maybe three or four years, I mean, hasn't pretty much OKC been always a bridesmaid, never a bride?
0: Yep. Yes, that's true. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, it's. How many times you going to hit your head against a fucking brick wall before you finally go? Something's got to change. You know, like I said, it's you ain't getting any younger. He's been in the league. This is his tenth year in the league, so you got to do something, man.
0: Oh, I totally agree with the move. It's hilarious. I find it so funny that he went to Golden State, but at the same time, he left to win a championship, and that's who's got it right now.
1: Man, if you played basketball last year, why wouldn't you have gone to Golden State? If you were anyone on any team in the league. True, and your contract was up, and you were worth the shit. Why wouldn't you have made a play to try to get yourself to Golden State? Well, there was
0: uh, plenty of power moves that didn't go to Golden State that should have. Uh, D Wade should have went to Golden State. Didn't bring it. Okay, bring am, it
2: I gonna ta- am, gonna a, am I going to take? Am I going to take a twenty seven year old Kevin Durant or a well over the hill D Wade? If I'm Golden State, I'm sorry. Give me uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Mr. I'm Injury take, prone Wade can take his ass up to Chicago.
1: Yeah, am I gonna take D. Wade who's gotta sit with fucking ice bags on his knees all the time now, or am I gonna take Kevin Durant and I'm not just I'm, start night afterwards?
2: And I don't mean and I and I don't mean that in a you know Dwayne Wade ain't shit way. It's just Dwayne Wade was a powerhouse when Shaq was still in his fucking prime. Granted, on the tail end of his prime, but in his prime, Kevin Durant hadn't even sniffed the NBA at that point. I mean, come on, man. If we're, if, we're, if I'm betting just purely on the upside, on the upside of a player, give me Durant all day.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, people get old. It, it, it's, it's no crime that Dwayne Wade got old. I mean, shit. Look at look at uh, when the look at when the bad boys won. All right, that was that was definitely not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of ten years and prior. That wasn't Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the late 70s. Nope. That was busted ass Kareem.
2: That was not enter legs. the that was not enter the Dragon Kareem. No.
1: Yeah, that he was on his last <laughs> leg literally you know. I mean it's, it's
2: that was fed man. to the Dragon and shot out Kareem. That, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that that isn't the crime, but it's just yeah, right now Dwayne Wade, dude, son's about set on his career. You know, Kevin Durant, we still got some shelf life make the move
2: i mean right now he's 28 even if 35 is his end is is the ending age of his career that's seven more years no i get the move i do i I hope it works out for him i
0: I can't see where it doesn't really (laughs) so does so does
2: he it just seems like on a long enough timeline unless golden state is destined to be the tigers of the last 10 years which is you know Damn, we got close, but we never got over that hump. There, he's going to—he's going to have a ring at some point. I mean, it, it just I, seems I healthy.
0: honestly think it's going to be this year. They won it two years ago. They lost a three-one lead in the finals last year. I, I can't see them not making it this year. There you go.
1: Well, LeBron and his help might have something to say about that. But if, if
0: they give him more help. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, stay tuned. Who knows what will happen next week? So, with that being said. Dude,
2: same rounded th- same LeBron time, same LeBron channel.
1: <laughs> yeah, we rounded to three hours, so we covered a lot, though. It's, it's Look how many topics we can cover when football is on. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks to everybody who's listened and downloaded uh, here on ChristopherMedia.net. That's where you should just go. You can go there. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can subscribe on Android. You can share the show on your various social media networks. There's really no reason to go anywhere other than ChristopherMedia.net. Uh, we are on Twitter at 4 Podcast, on Instagram at 4G underscore podcast. Uh, thanks to everybody who's listening. Remember, the, the key here is if you like it, tell somebody. All right? That's how podcasts go, how they become something. So if you like it, tell someone. People obviously like it because the listens are going up every month. So thanks for that. And yeah, we'll catch you next week, guys.
2: All right. Later. See you guys.